0: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Cat on Twitter, you can find me at Need on Twitter, you can find me at CBcaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way and oh great and the um sound if you heard come from none other than our man in brooklyn one agent underscore 70 on twitter and instagram
1: what's up everybody holla
0: And folks, this is indeed the Comic Book Chronicles uh, where we are found at the CSPN.us call us for the podcast network at CSPN.us Do it today! You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, So folks We are going to get into our our Daily batch of comics but first We got to talk about The green giantess in the room First and that would be um, She-Hulk Number Episode number one and since uh, We are recording a couple of days later than we Normally would which would be the day It comes out for some strange reason uh, We're going to get into it So Spoilers
1: yeah spoilers incoming uh we know you've th- had a few more days to watch it we definitely think it's worth it but we'll get to that in a second so in uh, spoilers incoming in three two i'm pausing here i'm like what, what happened to my spoiler bell it's so funny i'm like where did the spoiler bell go i've been oh here we go one That's what you get when
0: you're moving your soundboard around to try to make room for new sounds. Indeed. Also, man, I'm I'm about to get off Twitter because I just saw a brand using a meme uh, uh, that's been going around lately, and that's terrible. Any way, folks, uh, She-Hulk episode number one is called uh, A Normal Amount of Rage. And, um... Yes, like Agent 70 said, it was a great episode, just to start off with. uh, But we... And I will go ahead and put here. You, if you've seen the trailer, you've pretty much seen bits, a good bits of uh, this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. So it won't be too spoilerific if you have if if you've seen the trailer. Now, granted, there's some some ins and outs that you haven't seen because you haven't watched the episode, but you shouldn't be too bad off uh, with what we we're going to say. I will say.
1: Right. But at the end of the day, we recommend, you know, now that we've given you a fair warning up front that you put our podcast, you know, on pause, go watch and then come back or fast forward past our discussion. And then loop, you know, and, and circle back when you have an opportunity to watch this uh, She-Hulk episode number
0: one, because it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And, You're, you know, in broad. What I was going to say? Well, say, say again, I said, sound like you were about to say loop back. And I was like, what is it? Product placement? <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no. But I get that. I get that. You know, Roddy Cat is making reference to one of the pieces of software I use to make this show work. Uh, but uh, in very broad strokes, we are probably going to get into some spoilerific stuff. That's why we rang the bell. But in very broad strokes, the origin story for Jen Walters and her and how she becomes the She Hulk in the MCU, I thought was. A very easy adaptation to make, and right. I thought it was well worth it. And ultimately, it's taken care of early in this story, so that everything else is about her becoming
0: She-Hulk. And this fun lawyer show that you won't be able to to, to focus on if you don't hear the uh, <laughs> the the origin.
1: Right, right, right. I was about to say am I w I I'm I'm wearing uh even though it's not Hulk green, this olive green in the Hulk's honor, right?
0: Nice. <laughs> so yeah, sure. um so yeah, we start off with with, with Jane basically giving her clothes uh, uh arguments to her um to her um office mates. Uh and then she kinda turns to the camera and says, Hey, you know, you need to you want to know what's going on you want to know what the origin is because you won't be able to go you know like just like i said you won't be able to go any further without you won't be able to pay attention if you don't so if it goes into the origin which is basically instead of her um getting gunned down by a mobster sh- she and bruce ends up in a crash thanks to a sakaran courier ship
2: right
1: and we're sure that this Sakaran ship and its reason for being on Earth is going to come into play at some point very soon. Yeah, but Bruce got to look into
0: it. So, <laughs> um, the, you know what I say that for for, for that was a, yeah, I was about
1: to say when we, I'm sure there's speculation. The first thing that popped into mind was elements of, were elements of
0: Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. Correct, and that's, that's and the everything kind of that thing. came after, right? And that's mm-hmm. the thing that's been kind of going after. But we kind of got bits of Planet Hulk. Not saying they still couldn't do it in a way, but we kind of got that during Thor Ragnarok, or at least parts of it.
1: Right, that's the thing. There's certain parts that were left out right. that play more into the World War Hulk aspect. Right. That's what we suspect. That I, I, I I've been off the internet looking. You know, I have not been looking into the stuff. Since the, sh- the the episode aired. Right. But I, I, I presume that we're all on the same page when we're, you know, just based on some of the, the subtle and not so subtle hints that Roddy Cat was just giving right. about what parts of the story they're going to be using from the original source material. So, but in any event, um, the, you know, the, the accident. Actually, gets us up to speed on a few things, not just the origin of She-Hulk. It also gets us up to speed on what time frame, what what place in the the MCU timeline this show occurs. And I appreciated that it's literally done in passing, yeah. and it was very effective. In I fact, think. and I've... explained stuff that we had seen in a post credit scene in another mcu movie uh earlier this year and from
0: what i understand from an article oh no not not earlier this year i apologize last year right from what i understand um there is going to be more clarification it's going to be cemented by the next episode or during the next episode from from what i'm seeing Oh, okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, I mean, there was a, there was an article I saw that kind of hinted around was like, yeah, the the one of the showrunners was like, yeah, it'll be definitely clear uh, by the end of the second episode.
1: Right, but I think it's pretty clear now. Yeah. That's my that's my assessment of it because, right. you know, they come out and say it. <laughs> you know, they literally come out and 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 She-Hulk's origin itself actually plays a role in it. You know, like not just the accident, you know, the you know, in place of the the mob shooting. Mob related shooting, but just you know right. and we'll we'll get to that you know, but you know're we're, we're spoiling, but not we're always cautious to not spoil everything
0: right, but it's also still kind of weird, but like i said i I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they how they how they clarify it next uh, um, uh, uh next episode but yeah we 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 definitely get a place, and obviously there have been articles saying, well, you know this is supposed to be this, and this is the time frame of this and you know, and the whole fifteen year thing that that Bruce was talking about, you know, while that doesn't have to, do, well, it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with that. It's still kind of a kind of a touch point. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, all of that kind of plays in. But regardless, uh, to keep it uh, keep things pushing though. So yeah, we get that. We get the origin. We get we go into basically. um Um. Well, we see Jen kinda of getting help at a bar. Like this, which is also this part is also kind of weird of uh, the time frame. Uh because of like, well, wait, they were together. How did they get separated if they were together? But I guess that also will probably play out next uh next I mean we'll see what happens then before
1: I was about to say I don't know how necessary that is, but I, I mean I know
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how necessary necessarily it is, but it was just kinda of something I was like, Well wait, all of a sudden it's dark and then she's by herself and this and was that and that. So like that's kind of weird so i kind of touched on that just a second regardless she gets some help and then she ends up um uh hulking out take down some scumbags and then right. uh, get end up getting uh found by bruce uh and right. taken back and, to his uh layer his game right. just
1: a very a very quick note on that i had uh t2 vibes but remixed Hmm. You know, because of the bar and the setting, and what ends up happening, and obviously the girl power is in effect, and you know the the creepiness, and you know as 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 guys, right, as men in this world now, where anytime I see that stuff played out like that, that that that, that the, the creepy come ons, and and whatnot, like play it out on screen, I get the heebie jeebies. Because yeah. I'm like, yo, I don't think I've ever done it that way, but I've seen it. Exactly. I've been around it. Exactly. But there that's are some... the, you know,
0: and, and 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 you start to and and you just start to reassess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was and the, and on that scene, there was like, yeah, I know every, pr- pretty much, almost every woman that I would know that watched that would watch that scene. Mm-hmm. And be like, ah, I kind of wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was yeah. that easy. You know. Yeah yeah, yeah. This is, sadly it is not and because we got some dumb guys out there let's face it um but yeah so that trend that goes into the fact that uh, uh, Bruce uh ends up collecting gin uh and with uh with uh with wanting to train her to use her hulk powers but we come to find out that she doesn't necessarily need it as much. Like, yeah, a good talking to, and maybe a little, you know, Hey, just a reminder of like, Hey, you got, you know, you're a lot stronger than what, what you used to be. And you gotta, you gotta control yourself. That was basically uh with great power type spe- speech going on, which actually, if you think about it, that, that whole, her closing arguments in the first part kind of touched on that also. Right uh, uh, in the beginning, but so right. they go through this whole thing where 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 uh, Bruce is trying to teach uh, Jen the ropes, but like I said, she she fares better than he thinks he does, and and even makes him jealous, <laughs> right? In a couple right. of different and,
1: ways, right? And on and and on, just on the basis of being familiar with the source material, you can kind of figure out why because she's significantly weaker, so it's a little bit easier for her to gain some control. But they've obviously bypassed the whole savage, most of the savage She-Hulk stuff, like from the earliest incarnations.
0: Right. And you as, know, they
1: basically jumped past that, you know, once once they did
0: the whole bar thing. Right. And as explained later on, like, yeah, she 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 has what Bruce didn't have in that control of her anger because she's had to put up with stuff every day. So she's had to find a way right. to cope with it. As opposed to, as, as people have been saying out there, like, yeah, he's, <laughs> as she says, one, he's a cautionary tale, and two, he's had to to take fifteen minutes just to get to the point to to deal with the, all of the trauma that he's dealt with, where she just goes through every day. Yeah. So, that that's kind of been the thing that's been coming up online. Also, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a thing. So, like I said, we get this, not necessarily a montage, but it's basically. um like I said, him teaching her a thing, telling her some stuff, and either she's doing it or doing it a little bit better, you know. than he um, also worth noting. Apparently, he analyzed her blood and found a way to fix his arm. Right, that's what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. So, which was a thing we kind of was curious about, but also it was still kind of weird though to me. I don't know. I'm like, I, said, I don't want to take too much part of it, but like I said, that part was like. You would think if he was in his Hulk form, that would lessen the time that it would take for... Now, granted, I know everything that happened to him with Infinity... I mean, with uh, Endgame was while he was in Hulk form, so I get that part. But I was like, you would think him being gamma-powered and you would think, as as we've seen in the comics certain time, and I know this is not a comic thing, he heals up pretty fast.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. And ultimately there are comic booky ways of explaining this anyway. I mean, right. Like, an additional dose of blood. Right. You know, in addition to what he's already got circulating in his bloodstream may have been, like, the Kickstarter um, that his system needed. So, right. you know, like, I'm sure a creator could, or, or, or someone has already kind of come up with that anyway.
0: Right.
1: You know, not, it, it wouldn't be too hard to explain away as, like, a quick aside.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that was, like, a, that was kind of interesting to me when I saw it. But nevertheless... um. Uh, as time goes by, and tensions get a little little heated because Jenna wants to get it back to her, um, get, get back to her life, and Bruce is like, "No, you got to stay here and you know do the thing." Which I felt like that was like him being more lonely than than him to her actually needing to be there. But really, I,
1: I mean, I just read it as I read it as, or I, I interpreted it as, "This is my playbook. You should follow it because right. this is what I've." Proven.
0: Oh, no, totally that. Totally no. that. But also, it was like because of the fact that we found out that he was kind of, she was kind of already set with a whole bunch of the stuff, with some things. Like, yeah, she might have needed some fine controllers and things like that, but we don't know. But generally, with even with the fact of her changing back and forth, like she pretty much had that down. So, you know, that whole playbook. As it was um, as he ripped out a page, of, like, his playbook wasn't really working for her because, you know, she kind of had more control. Right. But he. how would right? But at the end of the day, how would he know? That's my point. Well, because he but was seeing it. So, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I know further testing. He's a scientist and all this, and he wants. Right. To, I get all of that. But like I said, he's pretty much seeing a, right. a lot of it with his own eyes. So it's not like you know.
1: Oh, I get that. I get so. that. All I'm saying is that that's what, you know that's oh, yeah, that's yeah sure. just- process so sure sure you know i i I sympathize with that i was like all right so this is the process i know and now we're being confronted with something that contradicts some of the assumptions that he made right you know something that you know the, the the what she brings to the table in terms of her background and her and how her body's metabolized the gamma um you know changes changes and i think that actually might even play into how uh bruce and the the hulk type characters interact going
0: forward mm-hmm. oh speaking of processes i do love that whole um that which is something in the in the comic book but i figure i i guess i suppose they were going to bring up since they were, that whole tiki bar was there the fact that hulks process uh alcohol differently <laughs> mm-hmm. then, then, which you know, we've seen that like Cap can't you know Cap can't drink get drunk either. So it wasn't like that's not a thing we've seen haven't seen in the Marvel universe. But the fact that they brought in the fact that when she turns back, she's still got a, There's hangover. a hangover. Right. right. That's that's been something they've explored in the books, which uh, in her books, uh, which right. I, not as about as Dance Lock Run. Yeah.
1: What's fun, I didn't know that, and that's, that's enlightening to me. I, I, I didn't know that, so thanks for, for telling me that. Yeah. What's, what's interesting about that is that the super soldier serum has that one step on top, one step ahead right. where Cap doesn't even get hung over.
0: Exactly. So,
1: but anyway, moving on. So, yeah.
0: So that was a nice little wrinkle that I saw. Um, but, like I said, the whole, this whole training thing and trying to teach Jen, you know, how to be Hulk and all this other, ended up with them getting a big tussle. Before letting her go uh, back into the world, uh, including mm-hmm. some stuff you've seen in the trailers with that whole bus all room and 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 whatnot, we find out about that whole the lab, which and we find out that um, you know Tony built it with with Bruce, and he's he was you can tell that at one point that he was missing Tony, you know, by by something he says. Um, so there is a little bit of that, uh, but yeah, she ends up. Uh, Eventually, she ends up going back into the world and thought that her She-Hulk days was behind her. But then we see her in court trying to give her closing arguments, and Titania busts in. And like again, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen what happens with that particular situation before right. the uh, before the show ends. So, uh, but folks, the show ends there. But there's an after credit scene, which. Which goes back into a conversation that was uh, from earlier in the episode that uh, Jen and Bruce had about uh, the aforementioned Steve Rogers, actually. And whether he had sexual relations or not. And this is obviously something,
1: it's not a conversation that I've actively engaged in, but I've seen it online. But you know people have. I've seen it on Twitter. (laughs) I've seen it just you know, just on the internet's, right. as it were, and I I found it very amusing that they chose this this platform to address it.
0: Yeah, you know, I I'm trying to think. There haven't been maybe Loki is probably the the difference, but I don't think there have been a uh, there hasn't been a show that hasn't referenced Steve in some sort of way. You know. I like I said, Loki might be uh, might be the outlier in that one, but like Hawkeye did because they had the musical. Um, mm. uh, Wanda, the, Wanda. I feel like Wanda probably did at some point, but yeah, maybe that one might be another outlier. But I feel like there was a reference to him, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. But right, uh, I but mean, I
1: think know. they all. I I think in terms of the 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 the, the gone but not forgotten. Right. Avengers, Talking you know, the, soldier, the, the tree, Yeah, exactly. You know, Hawkeye, I, I mean, uh, Cap, Iron Man and Black Widow. Right? right. They all come up at some points during many of these shows. Right. Obviously, well, Natasha, uh, uh, Natasha comes up in this show, too. Wait, this year, I don't remember that. Yeah, she comes up the lullaby. Oh
0: right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When when uh, Bruce was given his greatest hits. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. About about transforming. Right. So yeah, you're right. You're right. right. So, but in any event, you know, so so all three of them came up. Yeah. The Gone and right. Not Forgotten Avengers. You're right. Came up in the She Hulk episode. But but ultimately, you know, uh, just to give our final uh, touches on this discussion, it's worth watching. It's fun. It's a if fun show. You don't right. If you don't if you're not down with the whole girl power thing you are again one listening to the wrong podcast or watching the wrong youtube show well, because f- this, this is important it. <laughs> it's there and it's,
0: it, it's 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 important that it's told right i'm just gonna say you're focusing on the wrong thing you stupid idiot like <laughs> come on like, you're going into these shows to go, oh, there's so too much girl You have to look into your own self because you're stupid. That's that's the, that's the bottom line. That is yeah. my opinion. You know. It's... Yeah. It's not the show's problem. It's yours. Right. Exactly. So. What is a show about She-Hulk is going to be? What do you think? Right.
1: <laughs> Jeez. I think the one criticism that I've seen online from critics and reviewers that have watched the first four episodes already, because I think yeah. the first four episodes of this nine-episode series have been uh, released to uh, critics and reviewers, is that they're not so keen so far on the portrayal of Titania or Titania yeah. by Jamila Jamil. And I just noticed in this article, bad job by website editors at Marvel that the word captain is spelled incorrectly in the last line of the article. I don't know if you see that. I just scroll down to see it. I'm like, seriously? Oh,
0: yeah, it is. Well, not I'm good. like, I'm like, there's there's a
1: summer intern that's not getting a good recommendation coming out of this.
0: Well, to be fair, I have seen a typo in a book that we've read uh, this week. So like, I can't say that's not a <laughs> editor. Someone who edited it has also missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I just noticed that also. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I said, yeah, I believe our very own Tim Dog ninety eight may have been one of those folks who uh, saw the four episode screener because I think he mentions it. He mentioned something uh, a couple of days before the the show aired. Okay. So yeah. So I don't. Well, that's it's, a,
1: that. That's the benefit of being
0: closer to the industry than we are indeed, yes, indeed, indeed, um you know I, I, the less I comment on that one for my own benefit, uh, <laughs> the, the better Because I can't say my aspirations have been have have played to my ambitions, so right, 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 but right. anyway, like I said, it is a fun show I am very much looking for. I actually have almost watched this again, and in fact, I still might, but I almost watched this episode again it was it was fun, sure, I thought about it. Because we postponed our
1: show uh, due to some technical difficulties the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, we pushed it a few days. I thought about watching it again, just to, j- just to refresh my, my recollection.
0: Right. So, yeah, get on that, folks. It's, it's fun. You're, I think you will not be uh, disappointed by this first issue, uh, this first episode, excuse me. That being said, though, unless you have anything... Uh, nope. nope. We on. can move on to
1: books, and I will play a transition
0: so we said we were going to uh go into the tie-in book for the big event uh axe uh death to the Mutants number one which i don't remember seeing anything about prior to this coming out but then again i probably didn't look all that closely right i i I
1: want to say it was pretty much if you know we we've we've stopped kind of trolling solicits, you know, like like you know, like scrolling through solicits. It you know, it's almost like, all right, what comes, comes. I think that's partially a little bit of pandemic fatigue because we're so you know, there, there's so many things that come out in like staggered releases because of, you know, staggered publishing and paper shortages and whatnot. So it's a little difficult. But ultimately, um AXE Death to the Mutants number one, this is the first of three issues in this mini-series tie-in to the larger Axe event. It's written by Kieran Gillen, with art by. And forgive me, this is the first time I've seen this particular name spelled Guiyu. That's what. That's the way it looks. G U I U Guiyu Villanova or Villanova. Colors by the uh, may he rest in peace. Dijo Lima, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So uh, this issue has a very quick recap of the events of the first uh, uh, pages, the first, you know, events of the AXE event. And we catch up with the group of Eternals that is looking to uh, uh, oppose the plans of Druig and his followers. Bottom line here is that the title is somewhat... Misleading at least for this issue. Yeah, just a little bit. Right, just for this issue, we don't know yet how the the, the this three issue mini series will play out, but it's interesting that I had, I honestly thought that we'd already seen a lot of this stuff in the first
0: uh issues of AXE. Mm. Well, you know, as, as a lot of these crossovers go, you kind of have to you as and as this book and going into the next book, we'll talk about um, does, You have you have points in the section where they, where they cross over for real, and sometimes right. you get the, you get different points of view, and this one is is kind of doing just that because it kind of crosses over into the the aforementioned Justice Day two book into the next book we'll talk about. And right yeah. and
1: ultimately, right and ultimately, uh, just hold that thought. Ultimately, there are also instances where they're re- they're basically quick recaps of right. what happened in some of the other books on the pages of this issue, because you know it, it, you never know if someone's just picking up this issue for whatever right. reason, and they right. haven't picked up the previous uh, issues of the tie-in. So. Right.
0: But I can't imagine you picking up this book and not picking up the main book, but it's Stranger Things. Rando, right,
1: exactly. Rando <laughs>
0: things rando things happen. So... So... Uh, but the long run the show, Wait, did we get... Well, you did, you did get the, the credits. Uh, the, yes. The credits. So, I mean, the main thing of this thing, like I said, it kind of... There's points in... Um, There's a point in Judgment Day uh, number two that... that um, that uh get brought up here and then this book kind of fleshes out one part of a story and then it goes into uh, the next book we're talking about like i just said um so needless to say folks if you're going to read if you are current on your book readings and you want to know when to read this i would say read this before the x books except for new mutants uh well, X the uh, Excuse me, uh, New Mutants and X Force because X Force did not really have anything. Despite the fact that, X-Force despite has the a banner, banner on
1: the cover, right? And despite it's, that, it's
0: actually in the reading order. Right, but we'll talk about X Force a little bit later. But just, just, uh, just for for FYI, because you see the banner and you think, well, this is tied in. So I wonder where I'm supposed to read this. You don't, you don't have to worry. Technically, about that. Uh, yeah, I was about to say technically it actually comes after this book in the right. reading list yeah in the, in the actual reading but has absolutely nothing <laughs> to do with yeah the- so we're going to skip you know that
1: book in our discussion of the tie in books of this uh week, and instead we're going to move on we're 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 ready to move on, oh yeah, to x men number thirteen, which this week is written by Jerry Duggan with art by c f via Colors are by Matt Miller, and letters are by v c s Clayton Cowell. So, this issue uh, gives us more information about the events uh, surrounding the attack on Krakoa. We have some interesting uh, events that are tied into the, you know, the eternal side of the conflict, and. Uh, I want to see. I'm, I'm I'm literally clicking through just to refresh my memory. We see uh, an Ice Man kaiju, which is fun. Again. Ultimately, see
0: again. Again.
1: Yeah. Right. Again. Again. <laughs> again. Ultimately, we 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 start to see this new X Men team in action. And I think before I hand it off to Roddy Cat, I think that some of the characterization seemed off, and some of it seemed extremely spot on. I don't mm. know how to feel about the depiction and the characterization of Havoc
0: nowadays. Mm. It's a little on the weird side to me. It's also hit and miss because, yeah, because yeah, when he was in the last volume of X-Force, he was kind of a one-way, and in this book, he's kind of right. another way. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like they, just, It's like, a little
1: weird. He's gotten what he wanted. Which was to have Madeline Pryor uh, uh, put through the resurrection protocols. Right, right. He's still kind of so a mess. I, I
0: beg your pardon, but he seems to still kind of a mess. Right. So ultimately,
1: it you know obviously this is only the first issue with this new X Men team in place. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where Duggan is going to take this group of X Men, like what direction he's going to go. But I felt like any dialogue that he gave to Havoc seemed off, just to me but I have not been keeping up with Havoc that much uh, even with the uh, uh, the Hellions book, I, you know, I read it here and there Right? it was Hellions that he was in, right? Oh right, yeah, not
0: X-Force, it was Hellions,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah Right um, and ultimately you know, it's, it's, we definitely have to play a little bit of wait and see, one of the interesting things that did feel on point did feel on brand was the depiction of Firestar Yes And I am not as familiar with Firestar's characterization in the pages of New Warriors-related books. My main exposure to her in modern times, obviously, you know, we're not talking about um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, you know what I mean? You know, we are not referencing that at all.
2: Spider-Friends, go (laughs) for it!
1: But rather, the Kurt Busiek and George Perez run on the Avengers in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having Firestar play a pretty prominent role in that Avengers run, which I adored because that was a Perez, that was, you know, like modern-day George Perez, right? Solid, incredible work. Bottom line is... That seemed more accurate to me than any, you know, like it it was spot on to me. What did you think?
0: I can agree with that. Um, I feel like the, the, a couple of the defining moments of this new X-Men team will be them dealing with, uh, things. In other words, Mm -hmm. in the, in the case of Havoc, the reason why Havoc is on here is because Scott can watch him. They're probably going to get into that at some point, I suspect to kind of dive into that a little bit more and the other part of it was the whole thing with um, even though Emma Frost is not on the team but uh, the whole thing with Emma Frost and uh, Firestar because because they even kind of touch on that in the last pages of this book but uh, out of nowhere with a letter from from uh, I think that was or something right I think that relates back to the original Firestar miniseries correct
1: and
0: I, which I own, but I don't think I've ever read. I've uh, read it fairly, not fairly recently, but somewhere within the last year I've read it. Uh, thanks
1: to the miracle of Marvel Unlimited, which is not a sponsor of our show. <laughs> Just a <the> tool we <laughs> use, yes. Right, it is a tool that we utilize. Uh, ultimately, though, I felt like this was, you know, this is definitely like a, a, a somewhat necessary chapter in the AXE story. Um, It fills in some of the story around this current team of X-Men. You know, this is a newly constituted X-Men hero team, as it were. Right. You know, a hero team of Krakoa. And so we have, um, you know, their first outing in defense of Krakoa.
0: Right, and uh, the the aforementioned uh, A X E: Death of the Mutants. there's a part of this. We get another uh, another part of before going into this, uh, or not even go in the middle of this. Which, like I said, that's why you read that book before you read this one. And right. then it goes into Judgment um, 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 Day Two, which was came out last week. So this kind of basically catches folks up with um, with a couple of points of view from uh, for what's been going on of uh, sure. this uh, event. Um I do like the the two two things of note is, is like and I guess I should have recognized that this was going to happen. Uh Angelica was pretty much having an Avengers flashback cuz she, she cuz she pretty much references uh, the Avengers twice. right, she it's her first
1: experience in like one of the major teams probably since then. Like I I I want to say she was doing some stuff in the initiative and obviously new warriors Post her run on Avengers,
0: but like the Avengers never... Initiative. I think was she in the Avengers Initiative? I don't think so. She might have been related to it. I don't think, but I don't think she was. She it's hard to, to remember because there were some... a lot of comics, you know. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Sure, uh, I. I right. want to say you'd have to look though.
1: that up. But bottom yeah. line is, if you think about the major super teams in marvel comics one of them is the avengers and one of the others is the x-men and it's rare that you have alternate members on the fantastic four so you know these are you know this is the big leagues for her you know she's she's graduated uh from the new warriors to the avengers and now she is an official x-man
0: and so, Men, x- right and she's never been on the x team before in fact if i remember correctly didn't even want any part of uh uh, of the X teams at, at one point in time, right? She wasn't interested in being ostracized for being a mutant, right? So, and I believe that also came up during the during the the gala. So, um, <laughs> that, kind of that was the point that I kind of got referenced back to. Uh, but nevertheless, here we are uh, with this, with the like uh, Agent Seven said, the the, the pretty much the first outing, and it would be that the first outing would be during a major event, <laughs> of course course as course. opposed to the last time when or actually yeah at the beginning of this run uh when the team started off which i'm mm-hmm. actually kind of surprised they didn't read but start the book but i can see why they wouldn't like why waste right. the time doing that when you're already in the middle of an event so nevertheless um yeah it was a, it was a good read um like i said you, if you're pretty much caught up on uh, AXE, this is a good one to get into because like I said, even though you just you're getting rehashes from what's already happened, you you're still getting a little bit of forward momentum. Right. So all right. Unless you got something else to say we can push on to the next non non related book. Right. And we're 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 kind of streamlining
1: uh the show tonight, our comic book reviews tonight because we have a lot of books to get to. So we're just doing a little bit of you know uh, a little bit of streamlining here where we're basically going to cover three books in depth and then rapid fire our way through the rest our last in-depth book is Avengers 1 million BC number one it's written by Jason Aaron with art by Kev Walker collars are by Dean White and letters are by VCs Corey Petit so As long teased in the pages of Avengers, the main pages of Avengers, we finally have a resolution as to the questions that were presented and asked, but not answered until now, about Thor's true lineage. And the story behind it is obviously going to be set in the far distant past, in the age of Avengers 1 million B.C., um i'm not interested in spoiling it i think it's worth a read i think that um i think that it's interesting to see these characters continue to i think act the way we think they would because of the heroic identities that they that they that you know uh that they that they are but to still see some differences from how some you know how, how these characters would uh, you know these these kind of mantle identities mm. you know I'm... seeing how they're different from <clears throat> characters that we know today
0: right the only thing I'm going to say, and this is one part is going to be a spoiler is like yeah the one person the the, the one person to die would be uh that character like
1: but... oh, of course of course, I thought the same thing. I was like, of course, that's the character that bites the bullet in this issue.
0: Like, of really. course, but outside of that,
1: like a horror, like it's a horror
0: movie. You know,
1: that's a big <laughs> hit,
0: folks. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I, I guess that's true. Although, no self-respecting person of color like that would go out like that anyway. But n- nevertheless, um... well, you know, unless it's unless
1: it's a a a a, 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 a what's wrong a Jordan
0: Peele movie. Well, but yeah, yeah but that's yeah. usually mostly people of color in those books. So, I mean, and those act and granted, I've not seen any of those, so I don't know how those play out. So I shouldn't say anything about that. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. though, uh, and all the things I was going to say is that, yeah, Odin has the same, um, in this particular case, has the same predilection as a summer, <laughs> particularly Scott and the other people who um, have a real doting of redheads. He gets a real, he gets real crazy with his uh, infatuation. Well, uh, you know,
1: Scott Summers, exactly. Peter Parker. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, uh, he's a part of the redhead club in the Marvel universe. Let's, you know, you know, we'll put that out there, right Scott, there. Scott Summers, Peter Parker. <laughs> So you know, uh, Tony Stark. Tony Stark. There you go. I was about to say that. So. <laughs> you know, just the red I mean, right? I've known
1: say? I've known a few attractive redheads in the past, but I am not one of those with that particular predilection.
0: I'm not going to sit here and say, say I'm, that I'm not. I'm. I have seen a, a, a couple of attractive redheads <laughs> in my time. I've not really pursued, but yeah, like, right. Oh, hey, I I, res, I, <laughs> <it> <laughs> I I respect it. Let's put it that way. I respect it. Um, I get it. But that being said, uh, yeah, like I said, the the things we find out from this book, like, yeah, we, it it is not, it is pretty much what you would kind of expect if you've been keeping up with uh, Avengers and the reveal of uh, a certain character's uh, involvement in in Thor's birth, put it that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It it wasn't as bad, because I know, I'm pretty sure there were some people out there who were kind of thinking this is like gonna be some crazy retcon. And it's not crazy, and it's just kind of an addendum, I think, as Agent Seventy said, to to the uh, to to um to the oh, myth. Yeah. But nothing right. that's gonna take away from what was already known to, to
1: Exactly. To I whatever. think that given the current state of comic books the fear or the trepidation was well placed. Yeah, totally. Because it's not—it's uh, definitely not out of the realm of possibility that they would make a change that seemed pretty drastic, given that this is a comic book already based on a myth.
0: Right, and you also know, the comic exactly.
1: already changed much of you know much of the story of the myth So right. you know to alter into a superhero story, but at at, at its core. The the myth and the comic book carry, you know, at least a skeleton of the original story. Mm. And it's, you know, and just as I said, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And and it was that potential that sold this book and sold the story. Right.
0: And I think my particular issue with it, which um, having read this and watched Thor Ragnarok has been put aside, thankfully, because... I feel like going into this, we had already known that had been we had already been kind of teased that Phoenix had a part in Thor's birth. I felt like that was something that they were going to try to shoehorn it—not shoehorn, but was going to try to put into Thor Ragnarok, not Thor Ragnarok, excuse me, Love and Thunder, um, some kind of way to where this is going to be, you know, the the MCUification of of Thor's uh, origin story, which they didn't do. So I was I was happy about that. Although it would have also Cast a whole bunch of, um, you know, theories one way or another. If they had done that, because Phoenix would have shown up in, in Thor: Love and Thunder, there would have been like, oh no, mutants, real mutants. Here we go, more speculation. This and another, which you know, mm-hmm. was, you know, just keep that down until sequels Wars happens. They got to fill in, so, but we, we we don't know until we know, right? That being said, though, yeah, decent. It was a good enough read, but actually, I was like, did we actually really need this? <laughs> As it, is. Right. They only, put this... it was only because of the seeds that were planted in the pages of Avengers that's mm-hmm. the only reason we got it Which, and realistically... the only reason it needed to be addressed yeah so... but they could have put this in the pages of Avengers like, like, this really didn't need a whole issue I don't think my guess and this is just
1: pure speculation on my part is AXE
0: yeah. AXE
1: itself may have caused this book to be a standalone one
0: shot? Maybe I doubt it, but yeah, the that's that's him. plausible. I feel like that is that's, that's as plausible as anything, but yeah, I don't know. Right. There, that's, there's been that's probably right. That's
1: probably the reasonable explanation, but it's probably not the truth. Right. It's probably it was probably
0: always probably always destined to be a one
1: shot. Right.
0: Because there's been other side books in in addition uh, to what's been going on with the Avengers stuff, to where it's like, yeah, I I, I would like to believe that might have been the case, but I doubt it very seriously. Anyway, enough about that. Hey, read it if you feel like, if you're curious about that whole thing. um, Sure. Like I said, I I suspect maybe it'll come back up with whatever um, we know Jason Aaron's planning with his uh, send-off from the book. Mm -hmm. Because we know he's, you know, plotting something supposedly kind of big with a lot of moving parts. So whether that comes together, we'll see. All right. Uh, we're going to go to Rapid, as we said? Yep. Absolutely. I ain't got time to bleed.
1: All right, do you want me to lead? Uh, we have a lot of books in common in any event.
0: Oh, Roddy Cat is muted. Oh, um i hit the wrong i hit i was unmuted then i muted myself how about that uh, um but anyway, i heck? just i just come in when uh when i feel needed for when no well
1: i was about to say when we hit the when we hit the books that we have in common mm. so first up is nightwing number 95 it's written by tom taylor with art by bruno redondo inks by Cayo philip or philippe uh Colors by Adriano Lucas and letters by Wes Abbott. So Nightwing is a consistent, strong book care of Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo and their colleagues. This issue finds the Nightwing crew and the Bat extended the extended Bat family taking it to the forces of evil led by, uh, I wanted to say Tombstone because that's what he always reminds me of, Blockbuster. In Bloodhaven. Things do not go to plan, however, and that's essentially what this issue depicts. Things do not go to plan. A lot of it does, but the cliffhanger ending of this issue is pretty dramatic and it's a pretty fun read overall. So I recommend reading this if you have any sort of connection to the the Dick Grayson, Richard Grayson character, because I think that the Nightwing book is a consistently strong performer. I think it's a consistently well done book. So if you are in any way invested in the character, either, you know, as a as a in in his post-Robin phase or just to catch up with the character, I would recommend this run in its entirety.
0: Quick question. Quick question. Shoot. Shoot. Blockbuster, I've seen in an article, has been called, uh, quote, DC's Kingpin. I don't remember that character ever being such. Did did they change him a little bit from what I know from? Or has he
1: always kind of been? My understanding, he's always been similar Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's been the Kingpin in the sense that he was the sole person at the center of the crime empire. We
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know because there've been times obviously in the Marvel uh publishing history that the Kingpin was one of many. Right. But then they elevated him, you know, for story purposes, to being the top. Right? Uh, you know, there was a time when the ma the maggia as a as the mafia stand in, right, was on equal footing with the Kingpin's empire, right. but you know, you know, obviously for certain story points and certain story reasons, they had Wilson Fisk's empire basically take over the entire criminal element in New York City, other than maybe like small pockets of other uh, of other groups, right? right? In this case, I think that Blockbuster probably has, in his turn, been elevated, so that he's more of an equivalent.
0: Okay,
1: you know, I see him more as a tombstone right that's why you know like I see him like physically and his and his portrayal I see him more like Tombstone but they've even done that with Tombstone and elevated his stature in the the criminal underworld Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so um, you know I hope that answers your question oh yeah thanks all right next up is Daredevil number two it's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Coquetto colors by Matthew Wilson uh colors for the flashback is, are by uh Rafael De La Torre. There are several guest artists here who contribute one uh, basically pinup shots, but they do uh, they, they do integrate into, they do make part, they do become part of the overall story being told in Daredevil number two. The guest artists are Alex Malev, uh, Paul Azaceta. Phil Noto, Chris Samney, Klaus Jansen, Mike Hawthorne, John Romita Jr., and Scott Hanna, and letters are by VC's Clayton Cowell. So there's a reason why um, you know, I went through that whole litany because these are some all-star creators from Daredevil's long history and mostly recent history. You know, Alex Malev was with the, was on the Bendis, uh, on the Bendis Daredevil run. And obviously, John Romita Jr. was on with Ann Nacenti a long, long time ago, and he did uh, "Man Without Fear" with Frank Miller. But this is coincidentally the 650th Daredevil issue, so it is a so it is an anniversary. It's exercised, and there are some interesting revelations here about a character that we've been introduced to over Zdarsky's. Extended run. It's not just these these first two issues in this current volume of Daredevil, but it's a it involves a character who may or may not have either supernatural or divine origins. And if you are familiar with the history of Daredevil, both the supernatural and the divine have played uh, their role. There, you know, have played respective roles in the story of Daredevil over the years. So. I'm not so keen on the direction of this character and where they're th- where they might be going, but I'm willing to stick it out and see uh, this book is not on. I, I, I actually do not have a physical pull list at this point, but in terms of reading it, um, I'm very curious to see where this goes. So uh, I'll keep everyone in the loop and definitely keep tabs on this book. Next up for me is Edge of the Spider-Verse, number two of five. So there are four stories in this book. The first story is written by Mallory Rosenthal with art by Iguara, colors by Rico Renzi, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering paisan. The second story is written by Ram Z, uh, not Ram V, but Ram Z, art by Ruari Coleman and Brian Reber, Letters are by V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. The third story is written by Dan Slott with pencils by Paco Medina, uh, inks by Paco Medina and Walden Wong, and colors are by Brian Reber. Letters for this story are by V.C.'s Travis Lanham. The last story, which is a welcome surprise, welcome in that we have not seen this particular creator create in the Marvel space for some time. You know, Scotty Young kind of took, you know, kind of stepped in and kind of stole a lot of his space and thunder. But it's nice to see a mini Marvel story by the one and only Chris Giaruso, who was the originator of the Marvel, of the mini Marvel's uh, look and concept. So, uh, bottom line here is again, a lot of this is set up for the Spider Verse event. We uh, tag along with several characters. That uh, play primary roles in the uh, main Spider Verse cast. Um, you know, Spider Gwen, for example, Spider UK, uh, the Shathra character, who's going to be probably the main one of the main antagonists. Uh, so, if you are interested in how Age of the Spider Verse is going to be set up. This issue and this mini-series is probably required reading. Next up is Hulk number eight. It's written by Donny Cates with an assist on writing by Daniel Warren Johnson. Art is by Martin Cocolo. Colors are by Matt Wilson. And letters are by VCs Corey Pettit. Wow, I must have been really tired typing in these notes. Because I see not typos necessarily, but lots of omissions. Uh, and luckily, we are so familiar now with these with these creators. Since we've gotten good about doing this, right? We actually are more f- familiar with the creators now than we ever were earlier in our show's run. Because we have made it made it a point to uh, cite the names of the creators of the book before we start talking to them. This is finally, finally, finally the last issue in this crossover between hulk and thor two books written by donny cates the crossover story is called banner of war and the big tagline for this issue is we finally find out who is stronger thor or hulk and it is relatively definitively decided it's, i think it's still relative but i think it's pretty much decided and the resolution is okay the story is it necessary probably not i'm not i've not been a fan of this particular crossover i'm not a fan of the current direction of the hulk book in general but you know it's 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 definitely a twist on 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 a lot of genres that are being kind of smashed and mushed together in the pages of the hulk So if you are interested in something different when it comes to a Hulk story, then maybe you want to tune in. I think that the Thor story is what I've been interested in as written by Cates. And I'm glad to see that uh, this little crossover is done and at an end. And hopefully we can get back to uh, the Thor story that was being told prior to this crossover. Next up is Iron Cat number three of five so this is essentially the midpoint in the story this book is written by jim mckay
0: say again i also read this
1: okay this uh pencils on this book are by pere perez with inks by Jordi tarragona garcia colors are by frank darmada and letters oh goodness i left this out letters are by vcs ariana mayer So we see the trap being sprung by uh, Felicia Hardy and Tony Stark in an attempt to strike back at uh, her tormentor, her ex-flame. Things, of course, do not go, uh, go according to plan, like Mike Tyson said. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And this is essentially what happens here, is that there is a plan... But the original Iron Cat suit basically puts a big punch in the mouth to Felicia and Tony's plan because it is obviously tech reliant. It's a Tony Stark story. You know, it's partially a Tony Stark story as well. And when I say it's partially a Tony Stark story, one of Tony Stark's, law, uh, let's say, a love interest who's always out to kill him. Right. That's that's the story of Tony Stark. If it's not Pepper, the love interest is always out to kill him. And mm-hmm. that is part of how that is part of the story. And I mean, that's there, really the story is, for both of them, really. That's true. That is true. And at the end of the day, uh, as I said, um, the uh, the tables do get turned, um, you know, in terms of the plan. But the issue ends on a cliffhanger because the partnership between Tony's ex and Felicia's ex doesn't exactly go well. And that's where we leave off.
0: And Do you have unsup- anything to add? Oh, I was going to say, and yeah, that was unsurprising. <laughs> yes. No surprise yeah. to anyone. If you, if you've read uh, the, the book where this character comes in, I was like, yeah, who, who didn't see that coming? Yeah. Um, but we also see that F- Felicia pretty much um, got Tony again. If you're watching, if you're watching the video version of this um, uh, of the show, you'll see what I mean. Uh, because what she once did to get into this predicament uh, kind of happened, kind of happened again, in a, in, a, in a kind of a sense. So it was kind of funny to see that part happen. <laughs> she was like, don't be mad, but I was like, "Oh, I know what's coming here," and soup. There you go. So, All right. This is fun. I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. Next up
1: is New Mutants number twenty-eight. It's written by Vita Ayala, with art by Rod Reese and uh, Jan Dersema in conjun- you know, uh, together. Colors on the uh, Jan Dersema portions are by Ruth Redmond. Letters for this issue are done by VCs Travis Lanham. So. We finally get to the conclusion of what Vita Ayala had been setting up for the better part of what, four issues now? Yeah. Yeah, book four, right? The, book, the title of the story is called The Labors of Magic. And it, this is uh, issue four of this particular story arc. And there's definitely been a, an interesting setup. Here, it's been a character study of Iliana Rasputin and how she interacts with her fellow New Mutants. But more interesting is that one of the ways the story climaxes and some of the ramifications in the After Effects art revolve around one Madeline Pryor, the Goblin Queen. And it makes sense that it would be the, the Goblin Queen character because the origins of the Goblin Queen character come out of the Inferno crossover, you know, not, not, not the Madeline Pryor character, but the Goblin Queen character come out of the Inferno crossover. And that was very limbo centric. And thus it makes, you know, all the sense that there would be some tie between magic and, and Madeline Pryor being explored in a story around Limbo and around uh, some you know some things that Vita Ayala wanted to set up. So I thought it was interesting that this was the culmination of the story that you wanted to set up. You know, basically reinventing or re or let's just say not reinventing. Reinventing is the wrong word. Resetting. Yeah the power structure and status quo of limbo for new stories. So I think that is, I think that was the goal here. And I thought it was, I thought it was pulled off pretty well. I liked the flashback stories, you know, those flashback pages Mm -hmm. and how that finally wrapped itself up and, 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 and told and helped to tell a more cohesive story. Because I think in the earlier issues of this arc, it was a little bit difficult to follow but I feel that if you stuck with it and made your way through the four issues, I think it was worth the read. I don't know if it was worth the payoff, but I think it was worth the read.
0: I guess that's kind of one of the things we're we're going to see kind of after this, because yeah, um, Iana's in a new place. In a new place, um, it was it was interesting to see that her and Madeline Pryor had. At least a big thing in common with each other because they both were trying to get away from their pasts, right? And so, in in one helping the other, they both kind of seemingly benefited of it. And mm-hmm. we know there's a uh, because of that, there's a change to Ayana's not necessarily her powers, but one uh, one step of her her powers, to which we haven't seen uh, mm-hmm. come into play yet. But we also know that apparently this happens. Before or after uh, AXE, mm-hmm. because of the fact we see Eliana in uh, right. in that different mutants book and and play a part. So, I guess we'll get to that after AXE, you know, or I guess in New Mutants uh, whenever they happen to circle back around to it, I guess, or catch up to it. So, right,
1: right. I think you're I think you're correct in 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 your assessment that this all occurs i don't know if there's a note in the book that all this occurs prior
0: to the events of uh avengers x-men and new journals yeah no nah, i don't think there is so but you can if, if you're paying attention to what happens in that book and what happens right you book, can like, infer kind of question, you based know. on based on that
1: okay all right last last but not least for me strange number five i think Roddy cat read this book also It's written by Jed McKay, with pencils by Marcel Ferreira, inks by Roberto Poggi, colors by uh, uh, Hava Tartaglia, and letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. So, Roddy Cat and I were talking about this issue just prior to the beginning of of the show. And while the cliffhanger ending and reveal may not have been the biggest surprise i thought it was well executed you know over the course of these five issues it's been teased we have a a guest appearance in this issue by moon knight i kind of like the whole eight ball thing uh i i sympathize with that you know as a as a regular person without superpowers sometimes and I, i don't mean this in the worst way, sometimes you do have to use fear as a viable and valid tactic. You know, you know, Batman does it sometimes to a fault, but it's in, it was interesting to see this, you know, to see uh, the Moon Knight uh, portrayed in kind of a fun way like that. And as I said, you know, uh, you know, just big picture, the uh, the reveal at the end, while not completely obvious was definitely a uh, a distinct possibility but i thought it was well executed in any event uh what do you have to add please
0: yeah i I agree with that it it was like um i'm still kind of curious as to how this is going to resolve itself um Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the—that's pretty much the only thing that's that's to come out of this, uh, or how long I guess they're going to keep this as it is uh, before they they put everything back and things kind of go back into uh, "quote unquote" normal. So I've been having fun with 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 Clay as the social supreme. Like I, I, I hope after this, like it's a little too soon for the, just to say this anyway. But I kind of hope they kind of keep her around the Silverback faction. But I know kind of how these things are working, it probably won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless what happened at the end of the death of the doctor strange kind of bears a little bit more, you know, <laughs> meaning. And and she does get kept around because of, because of that. So, but we'll see. Yep. 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 All right. And that's it for me. All right. So, um, I was going to circle back around to something, but I, let me just go ahead and keep this train of rolling with, before I circle back around, because Miss Marvel and Moon Knight number one came out this week, which was kind of similar to uh, the premise of uh, Strange number five, in that someone goes to see, in this case Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel goes to see Moon Knight at the uh, Mister Knight at the Midnight Mission, and ends up going on a work outing with him because it's pretty much right. the same thing played out in, in in Strange, which is kind of funny because I kind of wish it had actually I did. Now that I think about it, read the, read them back to back. But, oh, okay. but I didn't think. We- I would add
1: that. I would add that I read this also. I just didn't put it in my sheet. Okay. And, and uh, you know, feel free to obviously you know talk, speak freely on it. But I, I I'm I'm interested in the fact that the Midnight Mission has become a central story point, not not a plot point outside of Moon Knight, but a nice little base of operations for Moon Knight. You know, obviously he's got more exposure now with the uh, Disney Plus show. So it's nice that he has his own spot in Manhattan, much like 1778 Bleecker Street. He now has a place, um, you know, a, 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 a base of operations to operate from. So it's nice that the heroes are starting to figure out that, hey, if you need to access or reach Moon Knight, this is where you go. So it's kind of cool. Right.
0: So, in this issue, like I said, Kamala coming off the heels of that last um, her uh, X-Men well, it was Wolverine, but let's face it it was an X-Men team-up uh, essentially. Uh, uh, but uh, Kamala and Wolverine's team-up in, the, in, the, uh, in that mini series, kind of lends her to go looking for these killer robots, or at least a little kind of robots but we still don't know who, well, at least until the end of this uh, issue. But she seeks out the services of Mr. Knight, Weirdly enough, and I and I say weirdly enough because, like, you know, I would have never thought. Kamala has some resources, you know. She she still knows the the champions. has got some folks she could uh she could talk to. But hey, you know, for the for the uh for the sources of this book, this this has to be the way it uh, it is. uh So, like I said, she seeks out Mister Knight and goes out on a work outing with him, and. Uh, it, finds out a little bit more about the case that she's been working on. And, you know, he kind of drops out at the end and think we do get shades of whoever the big bad is going to be because we have had to, because there was only one more book left. Um, And I forgot who's the the next team up is going to be uh, in in this, but nevertheless, there we go. I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about it?
1: I have to unmute myself. Now I have to look at it. I'm like, we did get shades? It's been a while since I looked yeah, I think, at this.
0: Yeah, I think it was uh, the, 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 maybe the big bad was at the, uh, that's who that was at the end of the book.
1: Oh, okay, I'm going to have to take a look at that because
0: yeah. once you mentioned that, I'm like, did we? I don't remember. I right. do not recall. Right, because we never, we haven't seen who was behind this whole thing. And then somebody ends up showing up during, in the, in the course of this book, so. I'm like, okay, right, so that must be right. who that is. I guess why we don't know, but oh, right, right now I see
1: it. Right. Now I see it. Now I see it. Now I see it. I've f- also yeah, kind yeah. of funny.
0: Yeah. yeah, I found it funny that uh, Kamala, which I could have sworn. Well, I guess she hasn't hadn't had any uh, exposure to vampires <laughs> because that was the thing that kind of came up during his giving and someone giving a, a, a little chuckle too. That was kind of funny. Right. Right. Uh, anywho, uh, next book and, and and just and and hold that thought. I, I part of
1: me is still waiting with a lot of trepidation
0: for it's the
1: alcohol it's the alcohol folks i'm I'm tapping into the old sat words um you know i'm waiting with some trepidation to see how they treat the new origin potential origin of kamala khan's powers and her new power set yeah it's it's refreshing for us old heads us old comic heads to read stories about Ms. Marvel in you know in her you know using her traditional costume and her traditional power set. So, you know, it's almost like they're giving us a a, a fill of that until they spring the new stuff on us. That's just my two cents. Sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. Uh for my next book I'm going to circle around back around to a book that I didn't get a chance to, to mention anything uh on and that was Edge of Spider Verse number two, real quick um and and this is for people that's out there because i know we've said before that with these edge spider verse books there's usually a new character or two that might show up and technically one did because we do have a new spider uk um who right in
1: this issue right yeah
0: Yeah, we definitely got one in the first edge of spider verse book right and i think we're going to get one in the definitely gonna get one in issue four as I keep saying, but uh, I think we might be getting one next issue also, but um, I'm not uh sure as well as as agent seventy said previously uh uh some background into uh one of if not the potential big bad of uh this um uh, this uh spider verse story also the going back to the whole mini marvel thing i've I don't think I've ever seen a mini marvels that kind of went so closely into like, hey, here's what's going on in this thing, you know, because normally those were light kind of non-sequiturs. This one was like, hey, if you want to know what's going on, this kind of catches you up pretty nicely, you know, for for a um, one-page cartoon. Right. I agree. So I I enjoyed that. Um, Outside of that, I'm still kind of curious about where this, Obviously, we're we're on the edge of Spider Verse, and you know we we get into the the pieces that are getting in place, and the people that are getting tagged um, are probably going to get used in one way. And the, the, the and the folks that are kind of stepping up, uh, who haven't, you know, or are being recruited at this point, as we see in, in one part of this, um,
1: exactly. Like
0: I think this is going to be a, a showcase
1: of the newer spiders, right? So. so you know, I think that's part of what
0: slot is planning yeah and so i'm kind of curious as to how that's going to go out so we'll see when we get into that proper but going back to my books uh where did we oh um x-force number 30 um did i even not write this down why did i put it on here I, didn't write it I was
1: about to say, if you need, just go up to mine. Do you want me to read the credits no, again? I got
0: it. I got it. I got it. I just have it on. I the think I, I was going to say, didn't I talk about
1: it? Oh, no, I did not talk about you it. Talk I about skipped
0: it. Yeah. I skipped it.
1: You want me to do the credits real quick and you can go into the story? Sure. Go for it. X-Force number 30 is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Robert Gill. Colors by Guru EFX and letters by our favorite lettering bison, VCs Joe Caramagna. Take it away. I did. I skipped it thinking that we talked about it and then we did talk about it, but only because it doesn't tie into AXE. That's why. That's why.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the there's really not much to say about this outside of what was just said and the fact that. I think we had an article that was talking about the fact that Kraven the Hunter was going to go up against the music to mutants. And this is where that comes into play because we see, uh, Kraven the Hunter in an article or wherever he is on a hunt. And it just so happens to be at the same time that Deadpool and Omega, Omega red, i about to call him Omega Supreme, Omega red are on a mission, which I find myself rooting for Omega red in this issue because one, I don't like Deadpool all that much. <laughs> um, and the what, one time, the one of the few times you find
1: Omega Red being sympathetic. Yes. so Being, I, I, a, being portrayed as a sympathetic character. Right,
0: because he was like, you know what, I'm not taking this and just happens to deal with uh, Deadpool, which ends up um, going to be the thing that comes back to them because that's how Craven the Hunter, without giving it away, comes across the mutants in uh, right. uncertain times. Let's just say uh, this uh, also where was where I said there was a typo in a uh, book that read this week because on those one of those letters pages you have beast thought and you have sages thoughts. Apparently, there's a a topic was uh, misspelled. (laughs) Oh, interesting! I have to go back and look at that. I was going to mention that
1: um, the concept behind or the premise behind AXE is essentially the premise that they're going to use to involve Craven in the story.
0: Well, yeah, there, there's also part of that because of, you know, because it's, of the it's it's a, it came it's a out. yeah,
1: it's a, it's a similar enough motivation.
0: Right. But he was kind of out of the loop to where he did not know or apparently know about it up until he came across some other folks.
1: Right. So, he didn't know about the announcement by exactly. the humans and all that stuff. So right. and, and what what Ben
0: Yurick had uh, revealed in, in in the bugle. Right. And the person at the end of this uh ish, issue, who kind of spurred it on because as we know from Craven the hunter always looking for so he's like the predator always looking for that the the bigger hunt <laughs> so which actually had me thinking about that uh while I was reading this, I was like okay yeah that that somehow makes some sense so and the like say, so he ends up getting wind of what's going on in krikoa and um also that uh the mutants being called the the um the apex um apex hunters or or something like that whatever they said at the end of this issue.
1: So right, whatever they wh- whatever they did to set the motivation.
0: Right. So I was like, okay, and this is what sets him uh, into coming into conflict with them at whenever that's going to happen, which is I'm soon going to be held in the the pages of this book. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Oh, also poor Angel cuz he always <laughs> what? Why is it <laughs> He always either getting caught or his wings clipped or something, something happened. I'm like, dang, man, the homeboy can't get a catch a break.
1: Yeah, I thought that was whack. Like, I thought damn. that was whack. He was just, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, it's a it's a flashback to uh, mutant massacre.
0: Right. I was like, damn, man, they had to do that to that man. But anyway. Yeah. Um, next book for me is, uh, let's see, uh, Batman Superman world's finest number six. Uh, as I put up the poop, there we go. Um, this is, uh, da, 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 where's the credits, where are the credits? Here we go. Uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Travis Moore, colors by Tamra Bond villain, and letters by Aditya Bidikar. So, um, coming out of that last arc, uh Supergirl had lost uh Robin in town time due to her fault for, for her, any fault of her own but apparently it was, must have been real easy to recreate um be, uh, by Superman because Batman and Superman finds Robin who was lost in time just that quickly but also thanks to some clues that Robin has given uh to them uh to to find him which was you know smartly done of course cuz he's a robin so mm-hmm. Uh, but before they leave, they ended up helping Robin with uh, his uh, with the people he had been uh, staying with. It was a circus, um, so of, of course, Robin. This being Dick Grayson, uh, Robin, uh, and I think this whole story uh, has been set in the past, like I've probably said before, um, with with Batman and Robin. Uh, and I think we, yeah, we can we can pretty much assume that yeah, this is Dick. Um, so yeah. While they're still in the past, they help uh, Robin out with a mystery that he has been uh, trying to solve while he was uh, bunking up with this circus and kind of uh, helping them out some. Uh, And that's pretty much the the. I think this seems like this was a one and done story, and I guess they'll be back to the quote unquote present of whatever the story is going to be after this, uh, and going into a storyland that I think we talked about in a news article. Um. Uh it was a while back. So that was that. It was a fun story. It was pretty cool. Uh, next up, uh Black Adam number three. Dun, dun, dun. Uh let's see. Creative Team is script by Christopher Priest, art by Matt Herms, colors by Troy Pateri, of non-VC uh, uh at this point, or right now, uh letters by Irving Rodriguez. So what we thought the initial plot against uh, Black Adam was, or, or more specifically, by whom it was, turns out not to be the case. Kind of a that was kind of a ruse, but it sounds like he's going to probably run up on, um, um might end up still being running up on Dark Side for reasons anyway in an, another issue or two. But uh, I guess we'll see when we get there. Kind of found out he was being lured by. Some folks call the Akkad, which may have something to do with the dark side, I mean, uh, uh, the side, and I don't know, but I don't know who who these folks are. Mm -hmm. Um, Because my DC lore on that stuff is not great, so it is what it is. Uh, But Black Adam's in hell while Malik is trying to save him, uh, who comes up with a plan to kind of save him by. resuscitating him and also using the magic word uh, to kind of temporarily save him or save him, but uh, but at the whole time uh, Adam was kind of in hell in hell, a hell I should say, I don't know if it's the hell or a hell dealing with uh, the people who lured him there, which may or may not be a love interest or somebody, I don't know who those people are but it, that was a whole weirdest thing that was uh, going on. So there, that is that. Um, we'll see the uh, what happens with that uh, next issue. This is issue three of twelve, by the way. So this is not uh, unless they decide to to uh, extend it. This is only a twelve issue uh, series. Next up, Duo number four. Excuse me. <clears throat> And this is out of the, uh, the, the, the Codiverse, the Milford Stone stuff, uh, extended, uh, universe, uh, written by Greg Pak, pencils by Koi Fam, inks by Scott Hanna, uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor and letters by Janice Chiang. So at the end of the last issue, we find, uh, our singular duo, um, up against two different factions. One are the immutables who are kind of godlike people who are basically trying to keep humans from attaining that status of which uh, uh, David and Kelly are, are heroes have done to, to a point. And on the other side of that, we have uh, uh, Tinker Technologies, which at first blush, you could say hey, it's Tony Stark if he's basically, oh, man, oh, mankind's got to got to fend for themselves against against these folks. So uh that's kind of that. So David and Kelly kind of come in the in the middle of this little war between them because both sides kind of want them on 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 their side. Uh there's conflict between David and Kelly because they both uh have different ideas about who to go with in this. But at the end of this issue, they at the very least find out who is not on their side or at least one part of uh, the, that equation who are not on their side um, because of um, the actions of one person on one side of it So, and they also find out that uh, they do indeed have a weakness uh, which I, I suppose could be patched up and exploited but definitely has been exploited in, in, the, in, the, in this issue so this is still have been interesting so far. I'm uh, I'm probably going to stick with it for a couple more uh, issues f- to see where this art ends out. And we'll go from there to see whether I keep up with it or not.
1: Yeah, I have to I have to get around to reading this. I know that Roddy Cat has uh, asked me to uh, look at this. Obviously, the creative team is uh, majority Asian. So I'm, you know, I'm very intrigued by that. I just haven't gotten around to it. We read a lot of comics every week, folks. We do more some you know some some weeks more so than more so than others. This week was a big one. So yeah,
0: and that, there's uh, some books I didn't even get a chance to read, and, uh, even though right. we had a couple of extra, extra, well, there was only one, but I wasn't really too stressed about that one. Anyway, right,
1: we had a little extra time this and Still, I don't, I, I didn't have a, a, a real chance to read anything on top. Of, you know, like I was up late Wednesday night, just churning through these books because I, I wanted to get through them.
0: Right. Incidentally, there was a uh, Sandman facsimile issue of uh, Sandman number one, if anybody's interested, that came out this week. So basically, it's a reprint of uh, Sandman number one because of the show coming out. Obviously, Uh, didn't read it, but nevertheless, it's out there. Star Wars number twenty six is my next book, and I'm going to uh, addition add another book, which I kind of had answered a question about, uh, but I'll talk about this first. uh, Star Wars number twenty six. Uh written by Charles Soule and Andres Ginolette. Uh colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters by Clayton Cowles. Wait, actually I might need to check that for a second because something's not right here. Uh bear with me for a second, folks, while I look up something. To say we should, would appreciate that, what I just hummed. <laughs> Sorry, the artist, that's uh, so what I thought. I don't know why I didn't have the artist's name. The artist is Andreas Genolette. I was like, I knew something wrong. There was only one writer for this. So, yes. in um, who's. So, this is a new arc coming out of um, uh, coming out of that, that last business with that whole commander who was kind of giving uh, the rebels the business. The rebels decide to Strike back in the um, at a an imperial parade, um, just to kind of let folks know that hey, we're still here. Because uh, as we come to find out in the course of this issue, there was a um, an imperial commander who basically took credit for wiping out the rebels during the the Battle of Hoth, uh, and them taking a taking a swipe at him during this co- uh, this parade was them saying hey, you didn't get rid of us. And so it goes into a uh, a meeting of the rebel minds to, to where they should go next and, you know, what they should go moving forward. And, you know, um Akbar not saying it's a trap, but kind of putting his two cents in there nonetheless. Um, um, and uh, we do see a couple of people we haven't seen in a minute. One being Harasadut Sandula, who was at this meeting also. And, uh, prior to that, uh, Yvonne, who was, I can't remember who she was to, uh, uh, Leia, but I don't think we haven't seen her too much out since, uh, that Princess Leia miniseries. She's been talked about definitely, but I don't think we've seen her in the course of, in the course of this, but she kind of shows up to kind of pick at Luke about having his, about his, um, lightsaber. And that's not a euphemism. It's the actual lightsaber that he picked up, uh, during that last arc. But, uh, outside of that um, we get uh, Shades of Crimson Dawn still kind of being around and embedded in a secret project but we come to find out, is spoiler alert folks, that project is the second Death Star it's because Kira has activated a couple of um, uh, agents that she had in place there to uh, muck up the works let's say so we'll see and I think that is leading up to another um, event book of uh, Coming up at some point, for according to what I've read, but we'll see where that where that uh, what happens with that. Uh, and the other book I was going to mention real quick was Star Wars: uh, The Mandalorian, number two. Uh, as I said the last time we talked about this book, it's pretty much going. It's uh, recounting the the um, the show. So that was the one question I had answered to it. So there's really no need to kind of go over the creative team of that. So, if you're curious about that book still and you just wanted to read the comic book version of uh the show, have at it. It'll it's, it's coming out there.
1: It's still an adaptation though. So, right. you know, you, bre- you you keep that in mind. It's not like the uh, I haven't looked at it, but you know, but based on other Star Wars adaptations of like live action stuff, it's still an adaptation, so there's going to be some reinventing of what happened on screen.
0: There is a bit or at least re portrayal. Well, you know? no, you, that's a good point because there is a couple of parts of that that were shown in from different angles and, and and in a different way. So yes, there that is true, and that does happen here. But it's still recounting pretty much the events of uh, the 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 episode two, basically. Right. Of course. So. Of course. Uh, let's see, last book for me I'm trying to see if I didn't skip a thing because we talked about that, we talked about that we talked about that. Uh, did that last book for me, which is not on my sheet, oh actually no I have two that's right, so next to the last book for me, Ultraman the Mystery of the Ultra 7 number one, which is a new Ultraman book um, I had to reread the last uh, miniseries because I it's been so long since the the last Ultraman book. I was wondering if I had missed nothing. Come to find out, no, I did not. Uh, and at the end of that miniseries, uh, a character Dan Morabashi, who is a, a character in the Ultraman mythos, had basically stolen Shin Hayata's Ultraman powers from him, or at least someone that looks like him because at the end of this issue we kind of find out that uh he might not be around next year or is not around but uh we kind of to find out in this book that um i guess we get a little bit of fleshing out about the nature of the ultra men and what they do even though we've kind of gotten shades of that and forwards the basically they come to defend the planet until the planet can defend itself. They don't really interfere. They're kind of like Watchers where they don't interfere unless it's uh, folks of alien nature where they can't defend themselves again. And this is kind of one Ultra person having a conflict with that because, well, you know, uh, for one reason or another. But we also find that uh, it kind of goes back to um, Dan Moribashi's involvement with the Ultraman... Uh, in question uh, when that happened in i guess in the show uh, more point to the point point. Uh, and then there's a backup story that has to do with uh some side characters and it's probably going to play into uh something that's going to come into there because there's apparently some ultraman killers that are in the uh in the galaxy and i, I suspect that's going to come into play in this book at some point so we'll see how that goes uh, but this was written by Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom art by David Tinto and David Lopez and Guru Hiri uh, color artists Espen Grundigen and KJ Diaz and letters by VC's Ariana Mayer last book which I don't have on my sheet but nevertheless I, I'm just going to just put this out here because you, I feel like you kind of have to at this point I feel obligated um the book that seemingly never dies. Savage, all new, all different. Uh, Savage Avengers number two. It's actually all new. It's not all different. But anyway, um, it is written by... Oh, I didn't put the, uh, the creative team on this one. That's funny. Um, let's see. Hold, please. Mm-mm-mm. It's weird because I thought I did. But basically, I'll just go ahead and say that um, the Death Lock that has been pursuing Conan, we come to find out that uh, this is someone of note in the Marvel Universe, or at least a version of someone of note in the Marvel Universe. Let's just say from the Spider-Realm. I I will uh, put it that way. Um... And we come to find out that he has a change of allegiance because another a, a big bad comes and kind of uh, swoop in on his kill after he kind of gets taken down. And I guess this is what opens up the, the next part uh, of the story uh, that, is, uh, that is going to be told in this book. So the writer is David Pippo's, uh art by Carlos Magno, uh, color artist Espen Grundigen. Uh and letters by V.C.'s Travis Lanham. Like I said. They're still in the Hyborian age. There's some conflict between uh a, a couple of members of the team because over another member of the team, but they kinda come together to one, try to take down Deathlock, which happens, but then they end up have, having to go after Conan who's been swiped by uh, uh someone who wants his body. Or more to boy, his blood, not necessarily his body, but like I said, this kind of goes into uh the next part of the the arc of this and as a cliffhanger something happens to a character um or whether it stays that way or not who knows and that folks is it for me clicks of the week clicks of the week incoming we do have one uh, I don't know if actually if Tim actually said anything. But I don't uh, recall, but please yeah, I check. I think he did. Yeah, I'm I'm doing that right now. Let's see. But in the meantime, Dirt uh puts in his click for uh Hulk number eight.
1: Interesting. I you know I thought it was a kind of a downer in terms of the uh the story, but if I recall what PCN underscore dirt told us, is that he's glad that the story
0: is finally over. Yep, pretty much. So, yeah, I kind of fell off that, um, that 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 mini. I might go back and check it out now that this, um, that now that it's done with, but I there was nothing really keeping me on that.
1: Yeah, it's a mini event. There's only you know, it's like a couple of crossover issues between Hulk and Thor,
0: right. Yeah, I don't see anything from Tim, so it sounds like so I guess Oh yeah, he said he hadn't read anything yet. So okay. at, the, at the time anyway. I guess right, I should have asked him again. That's okay. That's okay. Alright, so do you have candidates? Uh, or do you have a pick? Uh I have candidates. Strange number Okay, weird. Strange number five being one. Uh Miss Marvel and Moon Knight being one. And
1: Did you like step out into traffic just now?
0: No, that's actually, yeah, that's why I, had to, I thought it was done for a second, but my, my house is behind a road or behind a main oh,
1: road. Oh, okay. Zone. I thought it was wild. I was like, what, what, what just happened? What am I hearing? Yeah. You know, uh, is your, is your uh, 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 new, new newfangled mic this that mic is, sensitive?
0: Yeah, clearly, apparently this is as sensitive, if not more sensitive than my old mic
1: was. That's funny. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go that. ahead. No,
0: no, you're good. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think those. Are, oh, New Mutants number twenty-eight actually, and Iron Cat. I think those are pretty much those. I did like it, just it's a Spider Verse. But like I said, it's, you know, it it is what it is for for that. Hmm. Um, so those are pretty much my candidates. What about you? If you, unless you have yours,
1: I, I'm in a tough spot because I liked a lot of stuff. I didn't love a lot of stuff. Right. And nothing really, you know, like, we read so many books this week, but nothing really jumped out at me.
0: Yeah.
1: At real candid. I think what I'm going to do, though, is go with Nightwing number 95.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: You know, I, 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 I'm okay with, I was okay with the X stuff, the, the developments in AXE this week. You know, Avengers 1 million BC was kind of like, all right, you know, at least they didn't mess up. They didn't completely screw up the story. Right. Daredevil, Daredevil number two is a nice anniversary issue, but I'm not I'm not so keen on, on this new antagonist that they're using. And Iron Cat was good, but nothing to write home about. It was still a great you know, like it's it's a consistently high level of quality hmm. but it wasn't anything that I you know, that, that that jumped out at me this
0: week. It was as fun as we're used to with uh, Jed McKay and him's writing of Black Cat. Right. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. Actually, um, Strange is still kind of into running, but I still kind of want to see what's coming out of that. So I can't really make that a a, a click, even though it was like, okay, it it brought that up, you know. So now we're we're at the point of like, okay, we see we're going to see something come back into play, uh, or someone come back into play. Uh, But like I said earlier, how long they're going to drag that out, or, or before they do something about it, we'll see. So I think <clears throat> I am probably going to go with I guess I'll go with uh like uh, like uh seventy, like they have some good stuff but nothing like just really stands out, you know? Like everything I named was, was good, but um Exactly just kind of just popped. So I think I'm going to go with Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight number 1. That was that was fun. So and with that, we are going to go into the news section, but first an ad read. Our first ad read
1: of the night is for Funko, fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko to place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into
0: the news. The news. Appreciating um, uh, 1870's almost smooth jazz uh ad rendition, there <laughs> it's been a long month and change, folks. Indeed, and with that, we get into the cinematic news. We're, we're gonna because there's a lot of news we're gonna get into kind of briefly. Uh, Dwayne Johnson says Black Adam needed his own script after reading the first Shazam script. I find that highly doubtful. I mean, I don't doubt he said that, but I'm like, I don't see how reading this one script makes you think that... Anyway. Um, <laughs> editorializing here, folks. Right, so, I was about to say, I'm like, I'm not sure where Roddy Cat's going with this, okay? Well, you know, it's it's, 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 it's him, and like, sure, okay, that's really what you I mean, I'm sure that is what you thought, but anyway, here's the quote. When the first draft of the movie came to us, it was a combination of Black Adam and Shazam, two origin stories in one movie. Johnson told uh, Vanity Fair. Now, that was the gold, so it wasn't a complete surprise. Uh, but when I read it, I knew in my gut, I just knew in my gut, we can't make this movie like this. We would be doing Black Adam an incredible disservice. It would be would have been fine for Shazam having two organ stories converge in one movie, but not good for Black Adam. I strangely find myself kind of agreeing with him, but not really. <laughs> He just wanted his own movie. That's all it is. So. Exactly, exactly. The Rock's got to be the Rock. Exactly. Now that being said, if they had done this and didn't say, "Hey, he's gonna show up in a Shazam movie," then that would, you know, sure, I could see that a, a little bit more. But and who's to say that still can't happen? But the way those the, the Shazam movie, or at least the first one was, what's the point in putting him in it? <laughs> to, 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 To dampen the mood, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. Next up, though. Avatar The Last Airbender co-creators Michael
1: Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko have revealed that they tried to get Dwayne Johnson to voice a character in the beloved Nickelodeon series. A 2006 episode of Avatar The Last Airbender titled The Blind Bandit Sees the Episode's Namesake Toph uh, Byfong facing off against Beifong. a professional wrestler i'm sorry bay is it bay okay yeah. bay uh facing off against the professional wrestler called the boulder really in an earthbending competition the character ended up being voiced by real life mes- wrestler mick foley aka mankind aka just regular old mick foley um DiMartino and Konietzko originally wanted the boulder to be played by none other than The Rock himself. Of course.
0: So here's the funny part about that: is Mick Foley doing a pretty good Randy Savage. <laughs> oh yeah kind of kind of like it's it's pretty much that like i hadn't seen that episode in a while but it's pretty good like i love that episode because of partly because of that because and because of Toph is one of my favorite um characters in and that series you should really watch uh uh avatar it's it's pretty good Um, do i really need to put that on my anime list it's not really anime it is anime inspired right but it's so long It's not that... As compared to uh, Bleach? One Piece? Piece, I was going to say, that's not fair.
1: One Piece is gigantic.
0: But that's what I'm saying. It's nowhere near. It is nowhere
1: near. I'm I'm enjoying uh, my my run on Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood right now. Because I'm winding down my Battlestar Galactica watch, finally. You know, I'm in the depths of Season 4. So, I'll be... You know, like, I've been... To, to to try to uh change things up a little bit, I've been uh watching Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. So right. um you know, if if you really think I should add um uh, this Avatar the Last Airbender to my quote three, unquote
0: anime list, I will three season is only thirty two episodes. That's not counting oh, I mean, three seasons, thirty two each? Uh no no in all in total. Oh it's only thirty two episodes. Oh okay.
1: All right, I'll, I'll put it in. I'll add
0: it to the list, but I'll put in that in quotes that it's anime. It's, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because it like it's more inspired than actually being anime because it's a it's a West right. Movie. It's an American thing, right? Right. So, but yeah, so I'm not surprised that they wanted to rock, but at, but at the same time, I'm glad they didn't because, like I said, Mick Foley doing a pretty good Brandy Savage impression was 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 one of the highlights of this, that episode. Okay. So. Next up, though, uh, Warner Brothers reportedly wants to keep Leslie Grace as Batgirl in uh, future film. Also, uh, uh, Kevin Feige, Feige sliding in her DMs uh, after all that went down probably didn't hurt uh, hurt them saying that. Really? Well, well so there was that's the rumor. No, it wasn't I even heard, a rumor. Uh-huh. It was a it was a tweet that Kevin. I think it was it wasn't even a tweet. I think it was either Kevin Feige actually tweeted or there was a tweet. From Kevin Feige to Mm -hmm. Leslie Grace, talking, hey, let's talk or something like that. No, I I, I kid you because that would because that yeah because that was on the internet. From it was like yeah because that was the joke was that Kevin Feige was sliding into DMs.
1: (laughs) He was not sliding into his DMs into her DMs. That no no it wasn't making a direct appeal. No, but I'm saying it's not even sliding. There's no sliding, right? He is making a direct open of eel, right? But that was a joke, though. So yeah, but right. so no, was, I get that. I get yeah. that. No, but like it's it's mis- <laughs> it's misplaced
0: humor because he's shooting his shot. That's the that that's the terminology did, yes. that should be used. <laughs> hey, you know, I wasn't gonna nitpick about that because one way or another, it was like I feel because this is when this came out. Or reportedly came out shortly after after that happening. So, anyway, to the story, um, we all know what happened with the Batgirl stuff, and this hey. is uh, Warner Brothers saying that... There's a quote here. She definitely exceeds what I thought. Grace revealed... and I had to sum up some things. So, basically, this is Lizzie Grace talking about her experience as Batgirl. Um... Uh, and yeah, there's a report out there that's saying that yeah, this, you know, Warner Brother kind of kinda of wants to keep her around. But again, this this came out after the whole thing with, with Feige on Twitter, so you know. Uh but this is yeah, according to Variety, of Warner Brothers Pictures Group Chief uh Michael DeLuca and Pam Adi, uh Abdi are hoping to quote unquote mend fences with Grace, either by having her continue to play Batgirl on another project or start in another production for the studio. That's pretty much the gist of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? They can remedy this by just putting the goddamn thing out. It pretty much was done. And we'll get to some other news later on that I'm going to be uh, incensed about for a whole different... For, let's Go say, with
1: different Kevin reason. Feige, ma'am. I, anyway. I kind of basically. I feel like he'll do you better
0: at this point next
1: up right right next (laughs) i'm sorry i needed a good laugh so when when roddy cat gave me the perfect pause to stick that sound drop in I, i i took it you know well done anyway dc shows titans and doom patrol are reportedly on the chopping block after the batgirl cancellation I will tell you that I have lost a lot of interest in watching both shows because they're just a little bit too far out there for me. Um, that's just the personal preference. It's not that sure. they're bad; they're just a little bit too far out there. And obviously, I have a very fond place. You know, I, I hold a lot of affection for the uh, new Teen Titans by uh, Wolfman and Perez. And to see the characters kind of depicted this way on, on the screen is disheartening. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, that's the basic news, is that they are potentially on the chopping block. They are in some serious danger of getting chopped. Okay, uh, so Variety is now stating that they could be in some trouble.
0: Yeah, but here's my, here's my take on that. Who cares? And I'm not saying that not to be too, flippant. That but too. That because, too. Well, and I'm saying that because this show, both of these shows have been on for at least four or five seasons. They have had time to to breathe and air and do whatever they need to do. If they get canceled now, they've had a run. Batgirl didn't have anything. Batgirl got killed right. before it even came out.
1: Right. It's also a movie, though, so that's not well, as a,
0: well. But my point is,
1: that's not as I get it. I get it, they've had exposure. They've had they've had time
0: and some of these other stuff that got canceled before. Before they had a chance to, to even come out. It's also is in that. Uh, lumping up. Yeah, Batgirl's a movie. But some of those other stuff, that got canceled along with it. You know, the shows or whatnot. Like These two shows had chance. Have have, have been out for a while. It's fine. They were going to get canceled at some point anyway. So if they were on the and block now after being on for four or five seasons. Okay. So mm-hmm. they've had a chance. Anyway, next up. Um. Here's the thing I was talking about. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take these two, these, these, these because they're related. So, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I know because I know you didn't want to deal with it. So, and I don't want to deal with it, but I figured I wanted to get it out of the way. Warner Brothers reportedly really preparing for multiple scenarios following Ezra Miller legal troubles. And I said on Twitter, there have been many and plenty of people. Not well, there's been enough people, including. Uh, matter of fact, the Will Smith slapped happened the day before this fool got in trouble again. Nobody said a peep about this mess. He's just, he kept getting into kept getting into trouble, and they're considering things now. Cut to this next. Uh, uh, like anyway, and I say that because people have not considered people have given people less than a strike before they killed and canceled projects from other people, bigger people at that. Right. So. This is dumb that they're giving him so many chances, and including this next uh, uh, um, thing when Ezra Miller seeks mental health treatment amidst ongoing controversies. Okay, great, needed that. But this is basically his uh, his like. I'm sorry. I think matter of fact, is, is the quote even in here? Yeah. So Miller said in a statement to Variety, "I want to apologize to everyone that that uh, that I've uh, alarmed and upset with my past behavior." Uh, I'm committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe safe and productive stage in my life. Bullshit. First of all, this Warner Brothers probably put his ads up to there because they want the Flash movie to come out and they want and and, and this makes no sense. Everybody doesn't get the chances somebody like this fool gets. And, and is it and is it upsetting that there's like you know what they have they have had other options that they could go with. Hell, there's a whole other flash out that they could use. I'm not saying he would be better, but still. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the fact that this 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 dude been given so many chances and pretty much went on a crime spree for the last few months, and then all you could do is I'm sorry, I'll I'll you know I'll, I'll do the work to get better. Probably won't because this is not the first time somebody like that has done that, and then been given second and third chances where other people don't so as you can tell I'm kind of upset about that but but nevertheless we're probably going to end up still being with him in this movie whether we see it or not or whether I see it or not we'll see um anyway next up I find your lack of faith disturbing fuck faith he doesn't deserve it (laughs) simple Oh my
1: God, the quarterback is toast.
2: <laughs> anyway, I didn't know you had that
1: one. <laughs> I, you know, there's some that I, you know, that, that get moved to like the second or the third page of sure. sound drops because I just don't use them that often. So, sure. Situation you know, I have to remind myself what my keystrokes are so that I can just flip in between soundboard pages quickly. Sure. The latest Constantine series is currently in the midst of pre-production scouting, following the public outcry over Warner Brothers' surprise cancellation of Batgirl. Variety released a new feature discussing the direction of all DC films and shows following the Warner Media slash Discovery merger. This includes J.J. Abrams' Justice League Dark series and its spin-offs focusing on John Constantine and Madame Xanadu, um, and, and, uh, revealing that... In the former's case, Constantine producers are scouting filming locations to prepare for shooting to begin in early 2023. While the show is reportedly safe from cancellation, the fate of certain established HBO Max superhero shows, as the aforementioned Doom Patrol and Titans, remain
0: ambiguous. All right. Hey, guess what, folks? The CW's long rumored sale is finally a reality. So, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, who confirmed that a deal between network co owners uh, Warner Brothers TV and CBS Studios was made with the Texas based media conglomerate. According to the arrangement, 75% of network stakes will go to Nextstar, while original uh, parent companies Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount will retain 12.5% each. Uh, original shows are still being produced by the, for the CW. Uh, notably Supernatural and Walker prequels The Winters and Walker Independent and CEO uh, Mark uh, Pedowitz will retain his current position so yeah CBO, C, uh, CW has been sold to Next Star. whether it's going to do for them or in the long run and yes that's probably partially the reason why the Everest got killed even though it's probably needed to die at some point yeah, there you go it's to get them in the in the fighting shape to get pawed, I guess. <laughs> right. Next up. Next up, if Adil
1: El Ardy and Bilal Fala come back as directors for Ms. Marvel season two, they will find a way to include Lockjaw the Inhuman Dog. Speaking to IGN about the making of Ms. Marvel, Fala confirmed Oh uh, no, Fala affirmed, that is, two different words. Fala affirmed that there's much more we can do with Kamala Khan if Marvel Studios permits it of the Marvel Heroes extensive comic material since her origin in 2014 2014 yeah. seems like mm-hmm. yesterday El already pointed to the inhuman canine Lockjaw, a regular Ms. Marvel comic book ally, as a good place to start. She has that big dog, he said, proclaiming that if there's another season or a movie the big dog is going to have to be a big character in it um, this article has one of my favorite panels of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. Literally one of my favorite panels of all time.
0: You can see it in the, if you're watching the video version. Between, you know, that depicts Ms. Marvel and Lockjaw. Yep. So, also worth noting, as a spoiler alert, as what Age of 70 knows, uh, for Ms. Marvel's show, she has been teased to be a mutant. Lockjaw is an inhuman. Right, so what they're going to do with that? I mean obviously there there's probably ways around that, but you know, and there probably will be if they are able to do it, but that is kind of a thing that at the very least for people like us would be would need to be addressed.
1: right, right. I mean, you know there's you know they'd have to come up with something creative if they intend on keeping the origins clean and separate but you know it'd be interesting to see how they incorporate I mean in the humans right you know the right. concept still exists in the MCU that's we we know that it's all a matter of whether or not they're going to go forward with it other than cameos
0: i mean it exists within the realm of agents of shield not necessarily the MCU movies. other than black bolt well yeah but that, even that we still don't know how they're going to play that right what I'm right saying.
1: but it's but that's literally the most one of the most recognizable in humans so humans exist it's just a matter of how they're going to be treated in the mainstream mcu as opposed to the multiverse of the mcu
0: now that being said they could do the same well they could pretty much and i would hate that they did this they could make blackboard a, a mutant some kind of way maybe Maybe that's a, do, listen. That could be a distinct possibility. And they could do the same thing with Lockjaw. It's like, hey, because Lockjaw in the books is an inhuman who looks like a dog. He's not necessarily a dog. He just looks. Oh well, like no, 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 no! You got to read that Saladin Ahmed mini.
2: Wait, He's
1: a dog. He is. they a read dog? on that. Yeah. Oh, did they? He's a dog. Yeah. Huh. That 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 Black Bolt mini is excellent. You remember when I was reading it? I that was almost always a click of the week for me. Right. Huh.
0: Okay. Yeah. I will have so to check that read out, that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I'm know they had read, sure read on
1: that. I'm pretty sure in that miniseries they confirmed it, or if not, if you read it and there is no, like, actual confirmation, you could Google it as opposed to, you know, like, it's up to you, like, how you want to do it. But I'm pretty sure it was in that miniseries they confirmed that
0: he is, in fact, a dog. Interesting. Okay. Well, it still doesn't go against what I was about to say in that they could still make him a, a mutant. Right. So... And probably go with what I said it was that he was a he was a he was a person, but he's a mutant power maiden to a dog or something. I don't know. Something something silly like that. <laughs> Regardless, next up, um she helps Tatiana Maslani told Kevin Feige she needs her own Avengers team. So yeah. Um the actor has told uh well yeah, fine <laughs> uh of 70's favorite phrase, Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige <laughs> That she wants to lead an A Force movie, so I guess she must have been putting in the, putting in some work if she if she she knows about A Force. Yeah,
1: um, makes sense. it's one of the more recent series that featured her right. that featured
0: Shiloh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. She could have just kept to uh, soulsers and 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 slots runs and you know and Savage York, who I can't whose creative team I can't remember at this point. Um, but anyway, um, she was asked if she wanted to to see the J Giant to step into her comic book role as leader in the, as a leader in the MCU. And she says, yes, 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 yes. Maslani repeated, implying that she would love to portray that side of uh, the character in future projects. The interviewer also asked if Maslani would be uh, interested in starring in an adaptation of A-Force, a force, a short lived comic book. We, we know who a force This also came out of uh, uh, secret wars actually. So that could doubly happen. Um, uh, and to which the actor said, excitedly said, Kevin, hire me. Well, I mean, she's already hired, so, you know, <laughs> it's only it's only going another step with it, I guess. Right. So, next up.
1: Next up, Tim Roth, who will reprise his role as Emil Blonsky, the Abomination, in She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, revealed how it felt working with Mark Ruffalo in the upcoming Marvel series compared to... To the Incredible Hulk movie star who played Bruce Banner, Edward Norton. Um, in an interview with Forbes, Roth talked about his experience acting alongside Ruffalo, who first replaced Norton as the character in 2012's The Avengers. Roth says, yeah, I was like, you've changed. Roth joked, it's kind of fun. We used to hang around and muck about between takes, and we had a nice time. I very much respect Mark as an actor, so even under those bizarre and wonderful circumstances, that one was a treasure. Roth also explained how it felt returning to the character. He says, coming back, I didn't know what to expect. But once, he starred, once I started shooting on it, I didn't know how to go about my business, and it was a bit disconcerting.
0: Okay. Okay. Hm interesting, you know not much was said about uh Norton, but you know there, there have been reports about you know Edmund Norton in, in the past that we don't necessarily need to go go
1: right right bottom line is the report is that he's generally on the difficult side to work with right so
0: and thats surprised who doesn't like Mark Ruffalo at this point. <laughs> He's, he's been still pretty good so far. Uh, She-Hulk may have dropped an Easter egg for Marvel's Rumor World War ho We kind of talked about that when we talked about She-Hulk, so there's no need to really go go uh, back on that again. But shout out to Tim for writing up the article about it. Next up. Sorry.
1: <clears throat> uh... Oh, but the you did the Easter egg one, Right. Right. Spider-Man was not allowed to appear in Disney Plus's She-Hulk. This is an article that states that the writing team was uh, told that Spider-Man was off limits.
0: Yeah, normally I don't get try to get too much from the direct, but this is this also seemed like a, well, duh. Also, because we know what was holding uh, Spider-Man up, and that would be Sony. <laughs> so right. But the confirmation, I guess. Well, uh, uh, presuming there's confirmation that she wasn't, I mean, that he, he wasn't able to, uh, to come into to She Hulk, slightly a right. bummer because there was a there was a um, there was a part of uh, Dan Slott's run where Spider Spider Man was uh, played a small part and that was kind of funny that I would have loved to have seen, but. Oh, yeah.
1: Right, and ultimately, we know that were this had this been an animated series, there would not have been a problem, right. just because we're familiar with the licensing
0: issues. Right. Yeah, they would have had a version of Spidey to do something in there. So, mm-hmm. uh, she has, oh, sorry, uh, no. Nope. Tatiana Maslany wants a buddy comedy with Jen Walters and Yelena Belova. So this was from the Jace, some podcast. I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know this podcast, but uh, regardless. But speaking on. Um, uh Maslany admitted that while her choice may be unconventional she'd love a team-up with Yelena Belova she says end quote, "I love Florence Pugh as an actor don't we all uh so I want to act with her" Maslani said Excuse me I think that duo would be bizarre but I think that uh, kind of would be fun like a buddy comedy us in a car I would have to be a convertible because you know Jen doesn't really <laughs> ain't too many cars that's gonna be able to take uh, She-Hulk you know properly right so that would be interesting but also not actually I'll leave it at that that would be kind of interesting but definitely weird Because mm-hmm. I can't even see a point of them even to where they would even get together for something but obviously it's comics you can gin up something so I don't know what yeah. you think
1: you know, know. it's alright <laughs> I'm like, okay. Sure. Next up. Marvel Studios has cast Zoe Tarakis in its upcoming Disney Plus original series, Ironheart. According to Deadline, Tarakas, a trans-masculine, non-binary actor... I, I just learned something just now reading that. Okay. Known for their roles in Nine Perfect Strangers and Wentworth, has boarded the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe show in a key but undisclosed role. While Marvel representatives declined to comment... Tarrakis confirmed the news <clears throat> on social media. Unbelievably stoked. They tweeted, this one's for the trans guys and girls, and they's so much love. Tarakis is not the first non-binary actor to join the cast of Ironheart. It was recently reported that Jaren... Kia Merrill, a gay and non a gay and non-binary actor who performs as a drag queen under the name Shea Kule, that's the one I remember, has also joined the Disney Plus series in an undisclosed role.
0: Okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool beans. Uh, let's see, acclaimed Black Panther costume designer joins uh, Black, Mar- Marvel's Blade reboot, and that would be Ruth E. Carter of Black Panther fame. So you know, they go, uh there's going to be some good costuming done in that movie whatever it happens.
1: Uh, She's an Oscar
0: winner. Actually, she I was is about an to Oscar say. Oscar winner. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Um There was really nothing else to say about it. That's yeah, that's pretty much it. No, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to steal your thunder, man. No, no, you're good. You're good. So, and also I guess, confirmation that the Blade thing is still going on cuz we kind of, you know, we keep hearing that, yeah, along still long. We get, you know, Mahershala ID. I know they didn't say anybody. they would probably not get canceled at that, at that point. But nevertheless, it's good to see that things are still moving on it. So Next up. Uh, Disney Plus says. Uh, oh, I was about yeah, to I'm say, sorry, do you your... want to
1: take this one? Because you you, you, you had a quick uh, story just there?
0: Nah, go for it.
1: All right. Because this is, I wanted to alert everyone listening that they need to pay attention to the story. Mm-hmm. The Walt Disney Company revealed the price of its new ad-supported Disney Plus tier. The company announced that its cheaper ad-supported tier will launch December 8th of this year in the U.S. It's going to be called Disney Plus Basic, the new plan that will include ads will run 7.99 per month. The current tier without ads, which currently carries the 7.99 month per price tag, will rebrand as Disney Plus Premium and bump up to 10.99 a month. For those who elect to get Disney Plus Basic, they can expect about four minutes of ads per hour, broken up into 15 and 30 second spots. Disney Plus also Disney also announced some price changes for its other streaming services. On October 10th, the price of Hulu with ads will jump from $6.99 to $7.99 per month, with the ad free tier changing from $12.99 to $14.99. The Disney, Plus bun, the Disney bundle in the U.S., which includes Hulu with ads, Disney Plus without ads – and ESPN plus will increase a $1 dollar to $14.99 per month, and blah blah blah, you know. I'm waiting for uh, the yearly price increase. Yeah, there is that. And because there... I have the yearly. I'm like, all right, so this won't affect me now, but there will be a change soon
0: yeah and whether they're going to change to, so obviously this is more of a Hulu uh, uh, model uh, going forward also if you've been on Hulu lately within the last week or so you may or may not have noticed that uh, the not change to their terms of service that was put before you log in especially if you're in an app more specifically or I guess specifically for me the PS5 app but you'll probably see it on yeah. other, other other apps because there was a, a thing to say that said like yeah we're we haven't changed our terms of service yet, but with this whole Walt Disney thing, there will be a, a change of the terms of service, which has to do with this, quite likely. Um, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Like I said, yeah, the whole yearly thing is still a mess because I don't. They don't make it easy to get into one, to get in and out of, and it's weird. And um, there was something else about it that was kind of mess it with me because I think we talked about it behind the scenes but we'll talk about that later I guess next up though uh, Disney's D23 Expo full schedule reveals plans for Marvel, Lucasfilm and more uh, and I think I will go ahead and take the next one after this also because it's also related so D23 is coming up um, uh, Friday September the 9th is when it starts and this article goes through the, the lineup of the whole weekend you can also go to d 23 site uh, for the full schedule of events uh, about that. So there is that. Uh, also, uh, Chadwick Bozeman, Kristen Bell, and more to be honored as Disney Legends at D23. So um, let's see. Uh, ahead of the 2022 version of 2023 Expo, which will kick off next month, the Walt Disney Company has confirmed the 14 honorees that will be acknowledged as Disney Legends during their special event. Uh, among those confirmed to be awarded the honor uh, will be much of the Frozen cast, including Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell, excuse me, Josh Gad, Jonathan Groff, and Indina Menzel, uh, plus the late great uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, on as an addition, not of the Disney, or not of the Frozen cast. Unless he was in it, I don't know about it. But <laughs> I don't think so. Either way, um, Disney awards each of their Disney Legends with a two-foot stall bronze sc- uh, sculpture with a with a bronze uh displayed in the Disney Legends Plaza, also of the company's Burbank headquarters. Um, so yeah, there's a and. There's a full list of honorees in, attached to this um, article, which I won't go into, but there's some some people you know. A bunch of people you know. Next up.
1: Next up, um, Prey director Dan Trachtenberg spoke with Digital Spy, and he explained how he wanted to preserve the look and feel of the original space creature from the 1987 classic starring arnold schwarzenegger um uh, that's we're speaking about predator unlike that film and its sequels he wanted to make the character in the upcoming prequel in the 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 current prequel more than just a man-sized threat
0: Yeah. so this is where i say i've just recently watched uh that prey movie i enjoyed it a good bit um uh, I pulled this article because, like, well, you know, the, the the he didn't necessarily have to say anything about how the other movies messed up because pretty much everybody knows how the other movies messed up, right? But nevertheless, you know, if you're if you're interested in his thoughts on that, um, then this article is for you. Like that, there's really much else that I could say outside the fact that I enjoyed the movie. I'm curious as they're going to if they're going to. Um, well, I suspect this may have done enough to where it's going to warrant a sequel, and it's going to play off of what happened at the end of this uh, at the end of the movie. Um, I do also appreciate that the callback to the original um, to the the original Predator movie with a, with a line that was given in the movie. I was like, okay, sure that that had to happen. But yeah, I enjoyed uh, Amber. Mid Thunder was was dope. The the dog whose name was me was was a treat. Um, the the movie. Moved and didn't really have any slow points. I thought and um, yeah, it, it was pretty good. Which again, like I said, doesn't have to be. It's not that hard to be, given what we've already gotten in, in this in this franchise. So you know, I'm not saying he did the bare minimum because this is I know I know the the this person's work, and you know he does some good, gets some good low-budget stuff. Imagine if he had more of a budget. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. What he could have been able to do. That's all i will say about that. Next up. Oh, oh no. Way, I was saying, skipped... This is your story. Go yeah, ahead. no. Actually, we've got to go back because you, you skipped one. Um, oh, did I? Yeah. No,
1: no. I thought you said you were going to do both of them because they were related. Well, yeah. The there st- were the D23 was... stuff. The, the, the... Oh, I'm... I, I admit, you know what it is? I saw D23 and because one was compressed... I missed it. So, yeah, so I'll circle back to this one. Give me one second. I'll open it up. I apologize, folks. I I'm, missed it because one one was unfamiliar in an unfamiliar format, let's say. That's fine.
0: I'll, I'll do it because you Star- just did the, the Prey one. So, um, yeah. So, but basically, you want to do Star Wars? Yeah, I got it. All right, uh, Rogue, go Rogue One's getting the IMAX re release um, soon, actually. Actually, yeah, it's next week. Um, this... Yeah, next week. Uh. so on Fandango, the 2016 Star Wars film, will show in select IMAX theaters on August 26th. Uh, along with this re-release, the show the will feature an exclusive look at the upcoming Disney Plus series Andor, which will serve as the sequel, which is, yeah, serve as the prequel to Rogue One. Uh, Fandango also revealed an exclusive Rogue One poster in honor of the film's re-release. So... There you go. If you didn't catch Rogue One the first time or in IMAX, there you go. Next up. Next up. So we, you know, we talked about this,
1: that Peter Jackson, the uh, uh, director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, shared that the team behind Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power show, initially approached him for his help, but... And they told him that they'd send him the first couple of scripts when they were complete. After that, though, Jackson never heard from them again. Um, apparently, series director J.A. Bayona recently told SFX magazine, quote, we all love what Peter Jackson did, and at the very beginning, we thought about establishing some kind of a bridge between the show and the movies. But then, as you realize the complexity of each world... You get invested in your own story. Then unconsciously, you start to create something that has its own life. The bar was set very high, and I'm glad that Amazon had the ambition of going there. I tried to at least match what Peter Jackson did, but the more we were working with the characters and the story, the more we were unconsciously disconnecting from the movies. And that's the gist of the the idea here, is that they are telling related
0: stories, but they're their own stories that stand on their own merit. Right. So there you go. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog three gets release date, and that date is December twentieth, twenty twenty four. I still have not seen the other two movies yet, um, and I keep hearing they're good, and I'm sitting here like having known of a, having lived through a history of video game uh, based movies not being good. I find that hard to believe, but I hear this one's pretty uh, pretty enjoyable. Um, so, or this, the, the last two series, anyway. So, I, One of these days, I'll check it out. But, uh, yeah, new Sonic movie. Bring your rings. Next up. John Wick, Chapter 4, director Chad Stahelski, said that at the
1: moment, the future of the franchise is secured. In an interview with Collider, Stahelski was asked about the possibility of John Wick Five. According to the director, the future of the John Wick franchise, which stars Keanu Reeves as the titular action hero, is ultimately up to the studio Lionsgate. As of right now, it is the studio's full intention to continue the franchise. That's what he says. And look, I'm not going. Uh, I- I'm not going to say we've all seen directors and producers where they go. Yes, I don't know. I guess I'll do five. Or it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, look, man, John Wick, one was a goof. He said, we made it as a fun little action movie that we'd like to see. And the fact that now nine, nine years later, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's changed our lives. It changed his life. It changed Keanu's life. It's changed a lot of other people's lives and people still want to see more. Oh, my goodness. Well,
0: at least for Nine ones. years ago. Because there are shades of it potentially getting stale.
1: Well, it's not like they're going to continue it with the John Wick character. They might do spinoffs. That's the key.
0: Well, and segueing into the next story, does right. John Wick spinoff series? Well, well done, by the way. I don't know if you intended to do that, but no, I didn't intend it. But <laughs> glad
1: that it worked out. It's serendipity.
0: Yeah, John Wick spinoff series shifts from stars to peacock. So that uh, the Continental, the um, I guess it was supposed to be a prequel. Yeah, the prequel to the uh, the John Wick movies uh, that is done in series form. Was at Stars now. It's going to be at Peacock, which is also slightly weird because if I'm not mistaken, the John Wick movies are leaving Peacock soon. I might be I might be off about that, but I could have sworn after you mentioned John Wick being on there last week, I went and looked, and I could have sworn some, if not all, of them were leaving. Really, I, I might be I might be off about that, but I, that's what I thought I saw. Um, regardless, Lionsgate and Peacock have announced a multi-year deal for the Continental. Um, the highly anticipated three-part limited series that's going to be the prequel to the John Wick series. That's the part that wasn't, as far as I know, known. Um, like you said, it was supposed to be on Stars. now it's going to be on Peacock in 2023. Uh, look forward to that, I guess. Next up.
1: After first being spotted online... Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind has now been confirmed by Warner Brothers with a new trailer released. The new Mortal Kombat movie, it's animated, I presume, is is the latest in a series of animated movies within the fighting game universe and stars Kenshi, the Mortal Kombat fighter that's been playable periodically throughout the games. Other characters were spotted too, but the film itself does not yet have a confirmed release date. Uh, The movie stars Manny Jacinto... Um, from uh, The Good Place as Kenshi, the fighter who's seen uh, both before and after he loses his vision, which was one of the key characteristics of the character in the games.
0: Okay. And actually, no, th- th- there is a, an update to in this article about when it comes out. Um, comes directly to Digital and Blu-ray on October 11th. Okay, I see it now. Yeah. And also, those uh, Mortal Kombat legends, they, yeah, they've all been um... All three of those well actually wait it's two i think it's two outside of this one have been animated so i've been in and check those out next up though idw announces five separate comics to television adaptation deals so we talked about one such deal which i don't think was a part of this but just happened to come out after this after we talked about that um that other deal so oh no it is a part of it um the five series development deals are with uh, the aforementioned Anima, which was what we talked about last week, Cartoon Network Studios, HBO Max, Universal Content Productions, uh, Universal International Studios, and Warner Brothers Television, two develop television and series based on IDW Publishing and Top Shelf Productions, uh, graphic novels, and comics. Let's see. Anything of note coming out here? The originals. Oh, this announcement has come on the heels of IDW Publishing unveiling its first wave in its IDW Originals initiative, which included a slate of nine new original projects by New York Times best-selling authors, some of the industry's finest artists and writers, and newcomers. So the the originals began to drop last month with the release of Scott Snyder's Dark Places Firewall, uh, Wildfire. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is one of the books being uh, developed uh, into um, an on-screen series. In addition to four others that this article goes into, which I will not, because one was already mentioned last week. So it's only three then. Next up.
1: So we are in enemy corner now. We are. <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen is setting the stage for its full comeback with Season 2 next year, and a special promo is hyping up just how far the anime has come since it all first began. While there was a massive amount of interest for Gigi Akutami's original manga series before the anime premiered, it became a whole new kind of story thanks to the success of the anime adaptation. The first season was then followed up by a debut feature film, which I have not yet watched. And now fans are eagerly awaiting the, franchise, the franchise's return with its full second season sometime next year.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is going to be on Crunchyroll next month, I believe. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we, we, we talked about it. Uh, I believe it is at the, 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 in the next month. It's going to be on there. So, yeah. Um, oh, it's actually in the article. Okay. It says later this. It doesn't say next month. But it says later this fall. Right. Well, I know we talked about. Um, we talked about it last week about the mm-hmm. what's coming to there, So, and I know that was one of them. So cool. Drew adds Dragon Ball Z in its original dragon. Uh, J- dragon the original Japanese in <laughs>
1: its original
0: dragon. <laughs> in it's original dragon. <laughs> yes, folks. You have to. It was translated from Dragon into Japanese and then into English. Um, so yes, what a world we live in. Because some of us did not have this. Uh, well, actually, take actually this yes, we did, but nevertheless, it was just uh, hard to get to.
1: Anyway, I was about to say it was harder to access. Yes, because as you know, as I've said over and over on the show, having embarked on my anime journey during the pandemic, I endeavored to stick to subtitles and not dubs. <laughs> So I listened to the original Japanese actors with, and 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 I followed along by reading subtitles. And so I, for the life of me, have no idea what song, Sean Skimmel sounds like. Hmm. Like I heard it on you on YouTube. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it because I just know the lady that plays Goku in all of his forms. Right. Uh, in, in you know speaking in Japanese. So. Um, I'm glad, you know, and obviously this is just the latest step in the transition from Funimation to Crunchyroll.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, Sean Shimmel was the second person to play Goku. Like, wasn't it Christopher Sabat? Before him, there was somebody else that played Goku before. The, who's it? I don't know. Now, I well, yeah, it, it it's irrelevant. But I just know there was a so. Even despite you don't know any of the the, the English voice actors,
1: right? Uh, right. And what's funny about that, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this before we move on, is that every time I'm on a con website, right, like say New York Comic Con coming up in just a little over a month, when I'm on a con website and they talk about guests, they're like, oh, this is the voice of say Goku or right. or whatever. You know, anime character that I am now familiar with, thanks to my S- anime journey. I'm like, no, that's not.
0: But it's for the dub audience, right? It is for the dub audience, right? You should you should check out the dub. It's not they've they've made a change to it since the original dub, um, right? So the newer dub is not as bad than than the, than the older ones were. I'm not saying that the older ones were bad, but it's all we had. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. Nevertheless, gotcha. all right, I've got. Oh, I was about to say I was. Uh,
1: um, I was going to jump into the next story, but go ahead, finish up.
0: No, actually, go for it.
1: Okay, my hero academia season six is coming to Crunchyroll this October. Yay! <laughs> During the behind the scenes at Bones panel during Crunchyroll Expo 2022, it was revealed that Season 6 of My Hero Academia would be coming to Crunchyroll this October. The announcement was made by Bones' president, Masahiko Minami, Minami, who also announced that Mob Psycho 103 will also be coming to Crunchyroll in October and Bungo Stray Dog Season 4 will be available on the anime streaming platform in January 2023. A new trailer for uh, MHA Season 6 was also dropped. I'm excited. Yeah. I think I I I think I watched this trailer. Oh, have you? I think so.
0: Okay. Yeah, I have not because I'm not... Obviously, I am not up on my hero at all, Which, but I am going uh, yeah. to take a stab at You that. should be. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to take a stab at that pretty soon, actually. Um, one thing to note, which I think I may have it in the clickbait section. Studio Bones is uh, obviously... The Bones is famous for My Hero Academia, but I think the article I may have in, if not this week's uh, clickbait section or last week's, uh, tells of where they first got noticed from. And I'll just go ahead and say it it was Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I know uh, Agent 70 is now watching. So that's what right. I've, I was about to say, my computer, my, my, my setup just froze. I'm yeah, not sure that. what Roddy catch just said. Oh, oh! I basically said that Studio Bones was were the same folks who got who cut their teeth on uh, helping out with uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which you're watching. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's where, where where people started taking note of them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, so which I and I have an article in the Clickbait section that that says as much. So, yeah, there you go. All right, Studio Bones still doing good work, great work. Soccer anime Blue Lock uh, sets uh, an October eighth kickoff with new visual trailer and, uh, new visual and trailer. So, it's another soccer anime. Not unlike another one that is about to be mentioned. But, um... So, yeah. Saturday, October 8th is the premiere of this here. Uh, new anime. Uh... Does it say when and or if it's going to be on Crunchyroll? But there's, um... It goes through the cast here, if you're so inclined. Um... And the, the the manga that it's based on, uh, that's the source. It's not, it doesn't say whether it's going to be on Crunchyroll. But given that this is I got this f- article from Crunchyroll, pretty safe to say that it's going to. Oh, yeah. yeah, Crunchyroll will simulcast intense sports uh, series this October. So, yeah, it is definitely going to be on Crunchyroll when uh, simulcast. So, which means probably the day after it re- appears. Mm-hmm. Next up. Next up.
1: Haikyuu is currently celebrating its 10th anniversary of the anime series that has easily become one of the most popular sports anime of all time. Uh, the manga has already come to a close. And it has come out that uh, the official Twitter account for Haikyuu shared a new teaser for a final set of two movies of the franchise and that's going to uh be the close of the anime adaptation and with the manga series having ended there are quite a few events for these movies to cover when it comes to the events that took place during the fourth season's conclusion i'm excited um you know i can't wait to see this the haikyuu manga ended in 2020 but there is still plenty of Things for these two movies to cover so i'm looking forward uh listen to hinata uh on the way out of this story
2: uh
0: now we're going to the manga corner with uh my hero academia's um i guess a spoiler for the the recent um chapter of my no, it's from a tradition. few weeks ago. Yeah, it's definitely from a few weeks well, ago. Yeah. When I saw this, I, was, I had to I had to double check to make sure I'd read it. Yeah, but it's recent. So apparently, chapter three fifty two is in order. And um, uh, let's see, which did its best to break hearts. The update checked in with uh, Shigaraki as he continued his assault on UA High School as the Big Three fought back. Um, their attack failed and, uh, Katsuki managed to evolve his quirk at the last minute to fight on, even with his fatal wound. And by the chapter, I think I saw somebody reacting to that actually, um, uh, um, within the last week or two. Uh, but anyway, at the chapter's end, the battlefield was left, uh, stunned as Bakuko, spoiler alert, seemingly died and met with All Might's vestige in the afterlife. Right right and in related news and the
1: following article is that uh you know asked the question is Bakugo connected to one for all and you know these are spoilers for the same uh chapter of the my hero academia uh manga you know this is chapter 362 the current one that's out right now and you know without spoiling everything you know there there there's been lots of rumor and speculation about the connection a possible connection between a one fall and um and and the bakugo character um.
0: it's
1: it's it's fun that I'm in the know on anime and roddy cat is
0: not <laughs> Well, yes, because it's a, a it's a turn of the tables per se. In, in a way, sure. <laughs> this is My Hero you know. Academia, Spy uh, Spy X Family, and more rank upon the New York Times August bestseller list. Um, the 31st chapter of My Hero Academia ranked number 5 the first volume of Spy X Family ranked number 8, the third volume of Kaiju number 8 at number 9 and the first volume of Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba at number 10 the first volume? that's weird Um, the 11th volume of Chainsaw Man at number 12 and 16th volume of Jujutsu Kaisen at number 14 so there you go that's August, wait till you get a note of September I guess next up right right just one moment do we have any spillover no on on comics okay i was just checking i was no. curious no everything is on the, the first sheet
1: okay let's see here scrolling 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 what were we up to oh uh a
0: dragon ball super
1: preview teases drawback from granola's strongest attack so this is for the um the current manga and, you know, without going too much, Granola is one of the characters that's been introduced in the latest arc in the manga. And apparently there's some uh, stuff in this preview that shows that one of his big attack, this, this new character's attacks uh, in chapter 87, that there are some serious drawbacks to this big attack that
0: the Granola character unleashes and continue on that uh super excuse me Dragon Ball Super artist teases shocking developments um so the next manga chapter is almost here actually this is from last week so it's, it's it definitely is here and artist uh Toyotaro is teasing that it will include some shocking developments uh chapter 87 arrives on well arrived yesterday on Friday the uh, August 19th um the new chapter will serve as an epilogue to the long-running Granola the Survivor story arc, which has been nothing less than a major game-changer for the entire Dragon Ball series, according to this article. However, as promo interviews and previews pages are now teasing, the Granola arc may not be as finished as we thought. Sure. (laughs) Because it wouldn't be a Dragon Ball if it just didn't drag on for a little while longer than you think it was going to not saying you don't love it i'm saying anyway won't go too far into this but basically it says that the august issue will too have some shocking developments that might even surpass last issues excitement level according to uh the the, the ka. next up okay in different anime
1: and manga news Yu Yu show is in the midst of celebrating its 30th anniversary, and it's coming back in a huge way with some cool new Nendoroid toy collectible figures. And, uh, you know, Roddy Cat will I think, no, I don't see any pictures. I think you yeah. have to click through to see the pictures.
0: No, there's one. Yeah, there's, there's some. Okay. There's a uh, Kurama, uh, looks like Yusuke, and um, Koubara, um in various states of being finished on this link. is that, or is that okay. EA? Okay. Right. This is where the
1: tables normally are, where Roddy Cat knows <laughs> this is a pre-existing, you know, it's not a current, current anime that I still have to catch, you know, that, that I, it's, it's one that I have yet to catch up on. It's on my list. So, you know, the tables are now back in normal position
0: where I'm like, all right, I still haven't watched Yu Yu Hakusho. I've heard good things. Yes, uh, I am. Uh, yes. I being one of those people who told him this and I've been actually revisiting uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. I I love that series, it's good, really good Anywho um, Canon's EOS R5 Gets the transformer treatment And you know Ryder Cat loves him some transformers So had to bring this one up So Long story short uh, It's a transformer that, that is in the shape Of a Canon EOS R5 Mirrorless camera Obviously not a working camera probably not going to come to the States, if ever, uh, because um, this is, I think this is a Japanese only uh, endeavor, which sucks, but nevertheless, um, and I think it's like, unlike uh, Reflector, not Reflector, is it Reflector? Yeah, Reflector, the one that's the, the, the Decepticon, that's the three the right. in one camera, uh, I think this is just one uh, one Transformer is the whole body and I want this I want this a lot. Of course you do. <laughs> Plus, I love cameras also. Uh, it is uh, excuse me, nineteen hundred. 19,800 Japanese yen, which translates to $150. Uh, given current conver- uh, conversion rates, according to this article, it looks like they are scheduled for release in February 2023, so maybe if I get the money by then and uh, get back into my um, import resources... We'll see, or maybe it'll come to the stage, but I very much doubt. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know, but I kind of doubt it. I'm just going to say that right now. We'll see. All right, Keep...
1: next up. All right, so RoboCop. Has been given the star treatment as a new collectible 1 6 scale figure by Hot Toys. As seen in Robocop 3, Officer Murphy features a hand painted helmet with four interchangeable lower face plates. The detailed die cast armor, die cast armor, that's a step up, has an iridesc- iridescent metallic sheen and includes a hidden thigh holster. This Robocop Cop comes armed with a pistol, a multi purpose arm cannon with missile and blast effects. Blah blah blah. I have never watched RoboCop 3. Uh, so, uh, you're oh. better off.
0: Am I better off? You're better off, I think. That works. It's, it's not worth it. But, I mean, unless you just want to do it I don't, yourself, I honestly don't recall ever watching RoboCop 2. You're so. probably also still better off, but at least. Oh I'm no. <laughs> but, you know, let's just say they could have left it as one. Two is kind of a thing. It just gets progressively not great. As Understood. Yeah. Um, as as uh, in the famous words of one Optimus Primal, diecast construction. It's a lost art. Ah. So, which is a little nice little in joke during during Beast Wars. But anyway, um, scrolling through the uh, pictures there of this Robocop. Uh, yeah, there you go. Of all the ones to do i know there's another uh, because we talked about one from like last week or before last so i know that's this is not the only cop figure that's out there Anywho, right. um an avatar last airbender open world rpg is in development but it's on mobile only boo so square english uh square enix london mobile and navigator games are developing the free-to-play game that will follow the stories of aang uh, katara soka Toph and Zuko as they travel the world, so I guess you can tell what time frame this is in of the story, Uh, seemingly recreating just the original three seasons of the Nickelodeon season. Okay, or maybe they are just going to go through the whole thing. So, it looks like there's going to be a soft launch um, sometime this month, which the month is almost over, so you only got like a week or so left for this. It's called Avatar Generations and I'll probably check a look at it, uh, well, if it ever comes to the States, because sometimes they have been shorting people on certain things. I'm looking at you, Pokemon trading card game uh, <laughs> live. Anyway, the soft launch this month will take place in Canada, Denmark, South Africa, and Sweden for both iOS and Android, but I'm pretty sure VPN Pro will probably take care of part of that for you if you're really, really wanting to uh, look into it. Next up.
1: Wiz Kids. This is coming out of uh, Gen Con. Is it Gen Con or Gen Con? Uh,
0: Gen Con, is I've always said.
1: Okay. Gen Con 2022. Coming out of that convention, WizKids will release Marvel Rock Paper Heroes, a new board game into retail on September 22nd, 2022. The game involves players entering the danger room with eight different X-Men. As a training session, Marvel Rock Paper Heroes is a reimagining of Rock, paper, scissors, and represents the deployment of mutant abilities from the heroes. Players earn points by using their techniques to overcome hazards and reach the controls of the danger room. The player who has the most points at the end of the training session wins the game. The game box has a bunch of parts and it will retail for nineteen ninety-nine. It's for three to four players and ages twelve and up
0: and plays in about thirty minutes. That's Sure, that's a weird reskinning <laughs> re- of rock paper scissors that you you know who knew it had variants. Um more Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse variants speaking of hinted at by merch. So kind of spoilerish for the next uh, Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man animated movie specifically. Um it looks like there is some merch including Spider-Ham, Spider-Punk, Spider-Man 2099 uh and uh... Miles Morales, and according to this, either sixty Spidey... Spider-Man... Oh, excuse me. 60s Spidey or Spider-Man, which is the Japanese Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to this merch, it sounds like the origin of 2099 might be close to reveal... Uh, to be close to the comic version of 2099, I guess. Which we know 2099 is going to show up in the next film anyway, so... I guess that's something to, of note. And Spider-Funk mm-hmm. was the one that, I guess, is kind of a spoiler because I don't think that was a known issue, a known variant in the, in the new movie. But it makes sense because why he's getting so much play now. Next mm-hmm. up. Marvel
1: Comics recently launched a new take on the iconic comic event Civil War in Peach Momoko's Demon Wars, The Iron Samurai. Um, so there is... An upcoming next chapter called Demon Wars Shield of Justice. So that's going to drop in November. And it's actually going to drop on November 11th. The comic is written and illustrated by Peach Momoko and co-scripted by Zach Davison. Okay.
0: I've not read any of those Peach Momoko books, but hey. Um, right. But if there's people that love it, they, they keep coming out with them. Apparently. Marvel's heroes uh, compete in their own, quote unquote, squid game in new Murder World series. Folks, Murder World is the original squid game. Don't you ever forget it? Yeah, for real. Um, anyway, back in 2012, Devinless Arcade tr- tr- uh, truly showcased how dangerous he can be when he forced young heroes to compete in his uh, Murder World games in Avengers Arena series, which I totally forgot about that. Now he's setting his sights on the adult Marvel heroes. Um, the publisher, that being Marvel, announced Murder World, a five part series of one shots from writer Jim Zub and Ray Fox. That will, quote-unquote, plunge readers into the darkest depths of Arcade's Murder World, the classic location that's caused mayhem in the Marvel Universe for decades. Um, the games begin in November with the Murder World Adventures, drawn by the Jethro, Mor- Jethro Morales, and um, sports cover by Paco Medina, which you can see here in the article. So, next up.
1: All right. Marvel will explore the Mad Titan, Thanos' unsettling past, and Thor's future death in an upcoming Thanos Death Notes one-shot. It comes from writer writers J. Michael Straczynski, there's a name I haven't seen associated with Marvel in a long time, Tarun Grunbeck, Kyle Starks, and Christopher Cantwell, artists Andrea DeVito, Ron Lim, Trevor Foreman, and more, and cover artist Andrea Sorrentino. Releasing in November, Thanos Death Notes spins out of Donny Cates and Nick Klein's Thor run and sees the God of Thunder attempt to prevent a terrible vision of his death, which involves Thanos. When and, and if you if you were reading Thor, and I was, and I remember this, which involves Thanos wielding an Infinity Stone powered Mjolnir. The synopsis. You know, that's that. You know, I'm not going to read into the synopsis, but that's the bottom line. If you've been keeping up with that, it's interesting that it's not Kate's doing it, but it's a bunch of different writers.
0: Hmm. Indeed. I guess you wonder when this they were going to bring that back, up if, or if they were going to bring this back up, huh? Right. Yeah. Marvel introduced frightening new more machine venom variants. Uh, and this is spoilers for Spider Sp- Spider Punk number four. Speaking of. Which introducing these introduces these new versions of Venom and War Machine to the Marvel Universe. Um, Spider Punk number four comes from writer Cody Ziegler, aka co-writer of the 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 Marvel She-Hulk uh, show. Artist Justin Mansor Manson, excuse me, and color artist Jim uh, Chara-Lampitis, I hope I pronounced that right. And letterers uh, by VC's Travis Landham. So it kind of goes into what the issue goes uh, is about, which I won't go into, but basically it has something to do with Taskmaster and Norman Osborn and Venomized and some Venom symbiotes, or some form of Venom symbiote. Next up.
1: Iron Man is going to begin a new era this December. Writer Jerry Duggan and artist Juan Frigieri will kick off a new run of Iron Man, uh, in a solo in his solo solo title that will bring Tony Stark to his darkest depths, only to rise greater than ever before. Invincible Iron Man will follow Christopher Cantwell's thought-provoking run on the title that will conclude in November's Iron Man number 750. Uh, so that's a big anniversary issue.
0: Yeah. Well, time too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so now we know who's going to pick up after Cantwell's run. Uh, speaking yeah. Speaking of picking up after runs. A new era of Fantastic Four begins with Ryan North and e- Eben Coelho. So, uh, this November, Marvel's first family will kick off their next great uh, adventure in Fantastic Four number 1, an all-new series from the aforementioned creative team. Uh, the issue will also feature two covers by superstar artist Alex Ross, because of course. Um, apparently, according to this quote um, from Ryan North, I wanted to do these smaller self-contained stories in the vein of 60s Star Trek, where they go down to a planet, find a weird thing, fix a weird thing, and move on. Having these four widows roll into town where there's a mystery or problem or some sci-fi thing solve the problem and then move on struck me as a very interesting idea, an uh, interesting way to position the Fantastic Four and tell stories that would feel fresh and not like a re- uh, retread of what we've seen before. Um, also, I guess the cutting back, so it says that... Uh, he also says that, uh, I had the advantage that Dan Slot's run went super huge. Uh, Noah said in an interview with Entertainment Weekly. In the most recent arc of the Reckoning War, which I won't get into that because it's still kind of ongoing, but it doesn't really say anything uh, uh, spoilery. But uh, basically, it's going to start off with... Um, uh, separate members of the team so it looks like the first couple of issues are going to be with uh, the thing in Alicia uh, then the the next one's going to be with uh, Sue or excuse me, uh, no, the next one's going to be with um, uh, Johnny Human Torch and then it kind of goes through the, the various members of the team from there with being Sue and uh, Reed I guess so mm-hmm. there's that and there's a cover uh, the Alex Ross cover if you want to check that out right there,
1: next up in some sad news, Tom Palmer, one of the last comic book creators left from Marvel's 1960s heyday, recently passed away at the age of 80. Palmer is best known for two iconic stints inking Neil Adams on both The Avengers and The X-Men in the sixth, in the late 60s, early 70s, plus a long and award-winning run with Gene Colan on Tomb of Dracula and a more than decade long stint as finisher on the Avengers in the '80s and '90s. That's where a lot of us saw him. And i I've met I met Tom Palmer at least once. I don't know if I got more than one thing signed. I think he signed the Heroes, you know, nine eleven tribute book for me. The one shot. I don't know if I got anything more signed by him because uh, I don't think I was carrying. More than that for him, but I was. I'm, I'm glad to say I met him and had something signed by him.
0: Hmm. Now, this is something I did not realize. So, um, one of the. Which I. Well, I, at this time, I wasn't really. Into, didn't know too much about the creative teams. I just like the stories as is well known. The Avengers uh, 273, which is the 25th anniversary issue of um, the Avengers, was. He was did the artist on, did the art on. Apparently, the cover that was done by him, and I guess this is true because I saw it on <laughs> I saw it on the internet. But uh from another comic creator, that the reference for the Black Knight was him, since he drew it. It was basically a self portrait that he drew as the, mm. the, the Black uh, the Black Knight. So that picture you're seeing right now is Tom Palmer art of him doing a a, a self sketch of himself as the Black Knight. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think it says here what he did uh, pass from, though. If it does, it doesn't matter. He'll be messy either way. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I remember some of his work, even if I don't remember his name. Like, I, I, this particular run of The Avengers was definitely one that I was reading at the time. So. Right. He
1: was mostly doing inks on it, and he was a freelance inker pretty much up until the end. Right. So, you know... It's uh you know it's you know like a, he had like a relative like a somewhat heavy hand inking so I re- I definitely recognize his finishes
0: right. Next up, uh, Star Wars reveals upcoming hidden Empire event. I think we talked about this earlier, featuring Kira, um, which is weird because the last one was featuring her. So anyway, last year marked the return of Kira following her debut in twenty eighteen solo uh, Star Wars story thanks to a number of different comic book titles uh with the. Uh, titles, comma, thank you, punctuation is important folks, uh, with the upcoming Star Wars Hidden Empire event set to be the conclusion of her return. The five issue Hidden Empire comes from writer Charles Soule and artist Stephen Cummings, which uh, will close out the trilogy of titles that focused on her return. Given the sprawling nature of the overall franchise, the, we wouldn't, shouldn't expect this to be the last time we'll see uh, Kira according to this article. So there you go, uh, and that's going to start in November, looks like. Which I think, yeah, Star Wars Twenty Six seems to be starting to, to lay seeds of that, from what I read. Next up,
1: the breakout series Radiant Black from Image Comics has had its fair share of twists, twists, and turns. So this is a story about uh, what's happening in Radiant Black. Number sixteen and uh without spoiling too much, uh the character went through a superhero rite of passage.
0: Yeah. either one of us are reading. I think Tim said he was gonna start it at some point, but I don't think he had. I started I read it
1: in its earliest stages and I, I fell off just because we have so much to read.
0: Right.
1: You know, it got a it got a little, you know, like there, there was like a divergent there's no, there's like a tie in book, I think. It was like
0: Radiant Ra- Red was, was it Ra- red or something like that? Or yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of them, actually, and that was like the last one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. So I, lo- I just, I just lost track,
1: but you know, it was interesting. Up, you know, like uh, at the beginning. So right. it might, it might be worth revisiting.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like I know he came off of uh, Power Rangers to do that, and he's also kind of co-writing um, that Ultraman book. So I think he went from doing Power Rangers to doing his own Power Rangers esque super superhero book, which was kind of funny. Okay. Um, Guerrilla co-founder Jamie Hewlett explores his comic roots with Foo Action Silver Jubilee um, art book from Z2 Comics. So, yeah, if you um you know who Jimmy, Jamie Hew, Hewlett, Hewlett is, I just pretty much <laughs> told you if you didn't know. Um but yeah, not a lot of well, some people know, I'm sure that he began his career as an illustrator for comics. Uh Tank Girl, famously was his, and Shade the Changing Man, um, uh, which was, I think, the original creation. I mean, which is, that's a DC book, but he was on that, regardless. Uh, did some other stuff. You know, uh, co-founded the Gorillas, and you can see his art, art style all over that. Uh, all over them. And I guess he's come back to comics with an art book. um, as you can see here, as I'm scrolling through the article, looking for the date this is coming out, and which only says November 2022. So, if you're a fan of his art, go check it out. Next up, uh,
1: sorry, mm-hmm. female Sinestro of Earth 11 has assembled her own version of the Green Lantern Corps in DC's Multiversity Teen Justice Number Three. What a title!
0: I know, right? Just rolls off the tongue. Right.
1: Right. These, you know, you know, this article has spoilers for Multiversity Teen Justice number 3. That's available now from DC Comics. Neither of us are reading it, so I'm not interested in going into all the details, but I am not a fan of this image here which has Donna Troy in you know, held being held captive. Not cool. <laughs> One of my favorite characters.
0: Uh-huh. Um oh shoot, I wish I had moved this. Actually, I'm never mind. Nah, we'll keep it where it is. But uh Poison Ivy's solo series scores a second arc from DC. So um DC announced that the Poison Ivy series, written by Gia Wood Wilson and uh, Marcio Takara is getting another six issues following the completion of the first uh, six issues. Artists um Atagun Ilhan, I apologize if I'm butchering that, a graduate of DC's Milestone Initiative, um, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that Milestone um, um, documentary, you should check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, Will make his DC debut with Poison Ivy 7 and 8, with Takara then returning to the series in Poison Ivy number 9. So, cool. Has not checked out that book yet? Next up.
1: Future State Gotham number 16 features multiple Batman fighting each other. And one of them is a major character who wants to destroy all the others. This is, this has spoilers for future state Gotham number 16. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil the entire book, but a particular uh, child of, let's say,
0: oh, you we'll, we'll
1: call him the demons, you know, the, 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 the grandson of the grandson of the demon, uh, wants to kill all the other drug knights. You have to be at least a little bit knowledgeable about who the demon is and who his grandson
0: is. I mean, sure, but that's not that big of a stretch uh, to figure that out. Um, and the part, if like, you're familiar,
1: this. if you're familiar with the characters, that's, oh, that's it.
0: That's true too. But I mean, I feel like more people now, because of if they're currently keeping up with um, the state of the bat books, now probably know. Regardless, doesn't matter. Um, actually. Why is this book still going? What? This Future State book.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> Figured, like, I'm like, Future, Future I'm like this is one it? of those, I mean, I guess that's why you put it in, so you could talk about it. I'm like, this is one of those like kind of self-edit uh, times. Where I'm just like, why is this a story? Yeah. But I guess, like you, you know. Said,
0: like, but like you said, some people are yeah. interested in it, so see, it wasn't me. Yeah. Now speaking of something of interest, DC gives uh, John Stewart's Emerald Knight his first comic as a former Green Lantern. Um, to which I still haven't caught up with this uh, Green Lantern uh, book that uh, Agent Seven has been trying to get me on. Um, but nevertheless, um, see John Stewart's been changed, transformed into the Emerald Knight in Green Lantern number twelve. He's now getting a one-shot comic. Boo! Um, from writer Jeffrey Thorne. And artist Marco Santucci. And it's going to be released in November. And it'll see uh, Jon Stewart uh, embrace his role as the Emerald Knight. While taking on a powerful en- enemy alongside his fellow Green Lanterns. And then it just goes on to the synopsis from there. Next. Terry McGinnis will don
1: a striking new Batsuit in the final issue of his Batman Beyond Neo Year comic book series. Um, the DC Nation Twitter account posted a variant cover for Batman Beyond Neo Year Number 6 Created by Max Dunbar Highlighting the new suit It boasts a sleeker appearance than Terry's current outfit Loses the belt and features red finger stripes, boot soles And a streamlined Bat emblem that extends across Terry's entire chest Red highlights are also present around
0: Terry's back and waist Okay Ready for the gala um, Shannon Shannon McGuire writing uh, Magic Nahiri the N- Lithomancer number one one shot. So this is courtesy of Boom Studios, of course, because that's where the Magic the gathering license is. Uh, the book is set for release on November thirtieth. Uh, again, written by Shannon McGuire with artist Fabiana Mascolo. The one shot will bring Nahiri the Lithomancer to the comic series the, uh, at that time. Uh and then it goes on to talk about um who this person is and the uh synopsis. So which we'll uh not get into. Next up. Um
1: Wow. So the never before told, mostly true story of Mark Hamill's early days working the Jack in the Box drive through <laughs> and his bittersweet departure. The Return of Mark Hamill is a story of fate, friendship, and redemption. Decades in the making. It's also totally free. Yes, you can get a digital or physical comic totally for free from Jack in the Box. Shipping takes about five to ten business days, but this is your chance to get a pretty quirky comic.
0: Yeah, and you can see uh, the the, um, the cover (laughs) right there of a... Slightly grizzled Mark Hamill <laughs> working at a Jack in the Box. Do you have Jack in the Box down by you? Not close, no. Uh, matter oh, fact, I don't know if there's even one in the state because I know the next oh, yeah. one that I know of is in Charlotte, which is like an hour away. And again, gotcha. not in the state.
1: I was about to say, this is not a New York thing, although if I Google it, I'm kind of curious.
0: Right. I know there's a Jack in the Box I used to hit every time I went to uh, Heroes Con, whether on the mm-hmm. way or up there. So that's the only one that I know of. Right. So, but yeah, I'll probably go to the, the, the digital route if I took it out. But although the physical one, physical copy might be worth something at some point in the... Maybe.
1: The,
0: Maybe. Your future.
1: Right. I mean, so what? there's definitely, there's definitely, there there are locations in South Carolina and North Carolina.
0: Yeah. I know about North Carolina. I didn't know about South, and probably, right. Probably South, South, South Carolina. Right. South Carolina
1: has Jack in the Box locations in Easley, Greenville, Rock Hill, Simpsonville, and Spartanburg. Okay.
0: Okay all at the fringes most, mostly at the fringes of the state that's great <laughs> which which fringe is the north side or the east side or oh, the well, west side that is west yes the west side okay all yeah because right. greenville yeah, Greenville's on the greenville, Greenville's on the border of uh, georgia and the, like i said there's the charlotte one but that's north carolina technically gotcha. and i can oh, i'm sorry go ahead no no i was thinking about where easily is but either way it doesn't matter Right,
1: I can absolutely confirm this is not a northeast thing. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Like I said, the only one I, I that I know of is in uh, I Yeah, I guess that's more of an out western midwestern thing. I yeah. Guess. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I closed the website, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Cause that's it's west only, midwest. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because that's the only places that I knew of before finding that one that there the being a check in the box. So. But that's pretty much it for the uh, the the books. There is one more story, uh, variant corner story about Maz Morales and uh, America Chavez about uh, having a a variant series uh, for Hispanic uh, Heritage Month. So there is that Uh, artist Leonardo Romero crafts a collection of special variant covers for Latin uh, for Latin heroes in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, and that is next month, actually. If you were curious about when that is, uh, when that is, and there's going to be a new installment of Marvel's Voices um, also around that time. I'm not even going to pronounce uh, that la- the, the the title, the, the 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 co-title of it. I probably could, but I won't. Mm-hmm. so Yeah, next month, folks. That's it. And that's it, folks. That is the end of the news. Uh, can we get more ad read?
1: our last ad read of the nights for Wink the personalized wine club Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door from Rosé to Cabernet to toronte. Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover have you ever tried an orange wine Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash that's cspn.us forward slash W I N C wink wines through CSPN. Do it today.
0: And that's it folks for this here podcast. Uh, thank you for coming out. Uh, uh, if you happen to come by here on this special date as we're recording, uh, we will be back on a normal time uh, next Thursday. But we'll get to that in a second. My name is You can find me at Ritty Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News need on Twitter. find me at Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop CultureNet on Twitter and PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites there in... Tim, D-O-D-G-9-8 uh, on Twitter. You can also find him at the Click Nation on Twitter. You can also find him at TheClickNation.com. You can also find him writing his face off over at ComicBook.com. You can also find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. at CSPn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify or the coast of the podcast network SoundCloud page.
1: Make sure to click like, and subscribe and hit the notification button for when we put out new episodes and all the five-star reviews.
0: You can also find this recording. Like I said, normally every Thursday night, nine 30 ish PM Eastern standard time on the click nation, the YouTube channel that is youtube.com slash the click nation. That's T H E K L I Q N E T I O N all one word and, uh, twitch.tv slash Again, click like and subscribe. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Um, with another great show. Uh, She-Hulk episode two and a whole bunch of good comics and good stuff. And with that, this has been the comic book chronicles. Peace. Peace one we